everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Everybody, welcome to episode 30 of the podcast. We're going to do uh, just one game this time, and we do have a guest, of course, which is per usual for every 10 episodes. But before that, real quick, we're going to bust through our ongoing social media snafu (laughs) of uh, all our social medias having different names attached to them. Uh, I think we have Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit, uh, Facebook, you just search the name of the, the full name of the podcast and we'll pop up on there. Instagram, Blake took over and he just wrote the number two for two smoking controllers, which is more compl- harder to, not really harder to find, but more confusing. And then Reddit, of course, I did two smoking controllers, but the word two and not the number to make it complicated and hard to find. And then we have twitch channel which is two with the word smoking controllers which blake is still abandoning kind of and then we have well the facebook group's just part of the facebook thing it all comes together uh then i have the spotify playlist where i have all of the music that i've played on the podcast all saved to one playlist for anybody to listen to when they want to and that is if you search our whole name on the Spotify, you'll find both the podcast and then the playlist should pop up as well. I think that's and we have an email address too. Like we said on the last episode, if anybody wants to write in any dumb questions or anything or share thoughts on any games or music or bands or movies you've watched, uh, we'll we'll read that on the podcast if, uh, if you're interested or not too nervous to have your writing read on a podcast. So with that, Blake, you want to introduce our guest? Our guest today is daniel hey what's up guys <laughs> you may have heard us talk about him quite a bit over the past couple episodes one he actually took claimed one of our our free games uh have you have you played that game yet i have not sadly i've, I've had a lot of time lately uh i've been working a crap ton and uh i've been playing other games too so plus i've been doing my own thing so yeah you ever played Final Fantasy IV before? Like really sat down with it? I played it many years ago on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. uh, I got pretty far into it. I got to where Cecil was, uh, where he became a paladin. And uh, yeah. somewhere, I stopped playing somewhere after that. I got sidetracked and uh, never came back to it, sadly. That's not very far in the game. Yeah, though. that's funny because I, I listened to another podcast about Final Fantasy IV. Not, not ours, but another one. And people get confused that uh, they think the Cecil Paladin thing is really far in the game. That's about three hours into that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how long I played exactly, yeah. but I just remember I got sidetracked for some reason yeah. and yeah, just that, never came back to it. Yeah, that uh, that DS version you claimed is supposed to be the hardest version there is, too, so good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll be a good time. Sure. So Blake said, because Blake played the uh, PSP version, he said that was hard, that was hard enough without it messing with the uh, the difficulty ramp 
of the DS version. I was like, nah, I'm not doing this at all. Yes, this is the prettiest version, and it has well, voice acting. Well, the the guy, the po- other podcast said the uh the gra- the chibi graphics kind of take away from the seriousness of that story. Oh really? Yeah, that's true. I can see that. Graphic. Stories are well, from what I hear, it's a bloodbath. Like people dying left and right. It's like yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what they that's what they talked about on the when uh, Blake and uh. I said Garrett on that episode talked about that when I when we announced uh, we told we I was talking to Garrett a uh, texting Garrett about our next guest episode and he uh I hadn't even thought about it yet when I told him I was like we're going to do uh, our cousin Daniel's coming on he's like oh, okay what what Final Fantasy you're all doing and I was like what <laughs> he was like your 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 first two guests y'all done Final Fantasy games so I was like oh crap I didn't even think about keeping Final Fantasy as the theme for guests yeah, that, that even little, crossed we're my mind a bit of a departure now aren't we yeah just a little bit. I don't even know. Is there any any uh, Final Fantasy that's near and dear to your heart? Uh, Final Fantasy VI is my personal favorite. Just the storyline is just amazing. Oh, and plus, yeah. the villain is the only that I know of. It's the only Final Fantasy where the villain actually succeeds in what he's trying to do. Oh, yeah, Kefka. And, uh, if, you haven't, if you don't know the story of it, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, yeah, but it's, it gets crazy. Podcast. Yes, I've actually played Final Fantasy VI. So I'm doing it. I would it's say good. doing a doing a podcast on the, on a game would have made me play it. But if you heard our podcast with Garrett, you know that I did not play Final Fantasy IV <laughs> all the way through. So I'm not motivated too well to uh, play a game all the way through for a podcast. But in an effort to not be the only guy who hasn't beat the game in this episode, I did spend this past week uh, playing and beating the game we're going to talk about me where me and daniel have beat the game but blake unfortunately has only beat the first dungeon not even <laughs> not even the first not even the first dungeon okay i didn't beat the third boss of the, final, of the first dungeon all right well uh with that i guess i'll let blake go ahead and introduce the game and uh, we'll go into the developer and stuff like we normally do and then daniel you can chime in wherever you feel the need today's game is the action rpg business simulator that's a roguelike moonlighter Developed by Digital Sun, it is a, a Spanish independent company, and this is their first game. And only. The first and only game, yes. They've only been around since 2013, and this game didn't come out till 2018, like mid 2018. Mm-hmm. And the DLC, I believe, came out almost a year later. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, they are working on more. More, more DLC or, or a whole new game? A, whole, a new game. They were working on doing more, but they've been focused on, because they they also, it's officially on, it's on all consoles, to my understanding. It's on... Moonlighter? Yeah. yeah. It's on everything, but it, it switched till later, and I think they, they were the ones also porting it to the Switch. So oh, they're cool. working on trying to do it themselves, because they really can't afford to pay another company to do it while they work on another game, because I think they're less than 100 people. But I'm like, I think it's less than 50. I couldn't find an exact number of yeah. how many employees they have, but it's not a big 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 company yeah okay i'm not familiar with that uh company uh digital sun but uh i looked up into uh 11 bit studios they're the mm-hmm. other company uh they did a game called Frostpunk, 
and that's uh oh that's 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 hot right now ain't it i think frost uh, what do you mean it like it's like people have been talking about i think Frostpunk uh hit hit game pass it's a pc game that hit game pass recently I oh i didn't it, know that yeah i've been talking about Frostpunk a bit that's more of yeah. a uh like a uh, like a sim survival sim kind city of thing. survival. I was about to say that. I don't know much else about it. I know my in-laws have been uh, playing it some. My wife yeah. could probably tell you more about it than I could. Yeah, I'm not interested in the the sim or the or any. So many games these days are going to throw survival aspects at you. I don't. I don't need to be. I, I drink and eat enough in real life. I don't need to be doing it in a video game as well. It's just right. it's just too much for me. Yeah, I just I, they were downloading it or something, and I, and I just happened upon it, and I saw Eleven uh, Bit Studios. I'm like, oh wait, that's that's the people who did Moon, Moonlighter. Or helped, I guess. I guess they, I guess they helped helped Digital Sun. Yeah, I, I, up till now, I thought Eleven Bit Studios were the main one company. They're the first ones that pop up. So I just figured Digital Sun published it or whatever. I don't know. What, I don't know what Blake's got here. Do you, yeah. do you got you got anything for Eleven Bit? Or did you just do digital? It's the publisher. A publisher? Okay, they oh. published. Okay. They're probably a bigger company, and they probably helped them get, get through th- some money at them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is that's kind of cool. 11-Bit Studio, we don't really talk about publishers, but it says they were founded by CD Projekt and Metropolis Software. It's a mingling of both their companies of people who work on side projects. Oh, really? So, so they, 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 they help out? And cool. That's cool. Yes. Uh, through digital distribution only. Okay. Based out of Warsaw, Poland. Okay, cool. So that means Digital Sun just found some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. They send in an idea and he's like, hey, we like you. We'll help you out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, um, like I said earlier, it's an action RPG, roguelike dungeon crawler, <laughs> and a business simulation. <laughs> yeah. All in one game. Yeah. It's basically classic Zelda with a splash of Diablo. That's pretty much how I sum it up as, with with the shop, of course. Yeah, I never played anything with the shop aspect before, so it's it's a it's an interesting twist on things. I've played games, I think, like Dragon Dragon Quest One, where you're one of the stories is you're a merchant going town to town selling product, but I don't know, I don't think I've ever actually not, been not, not in Dragon Quest. I say like Dragon Quest Five or Six, maybe. Oh really? I thought it was. It's been a minute. Yeah, Dragon Quest One, you're you're, you're just one dude. Oh yeah, so yeah, you, that merchant is in like the fourth or fifth one. I have no idea. Me neither. Doesn't Stardew doesn't Stardew Valley do something similar? To I that? As big as that game is, I haven't I haven't played it. I don't know. I thought I it was. More, I've not played I, it yet. So. I thought it was more of a. Uh, I guess it's sort of the same. I thought it was more of a Harvest Moon kind of thing. Ah. Uh, Isn't that the one with like the ridiculous Super Meat Boy puzzles? No. What was that? What are you talking about? Everyone talked about it being super great, and we turned it on for like ten minutes. And I was like. No, that's Celeste. That's Celeste. Celeste, okay. Sorry. That's Celeste. It has nothing to do with this. No, but people... You play Celeste, Daniel? It's, it's a famous... I, I don't think big, I have. That's an extremely famous platformer. I think that'd be right up your alley. I, don't, I never thought about that. I think you'd really like Celeste, actually. You should look that up. I think it's on all consoles. Yeah, I might have it on... I might yeah. have it buried somewhere in my PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, it was free on Xbox at one point, and we, we, we got it, but then we watched somebody... We watched a video of somebody playing it, and we're like... Oh, ain't no chance in hell I'm playing this. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I've heard of it. But, uh, yeah, it's pr- it's pretty famous. It it tells a pretty good uh pretty harrowing story I think of uh like uh maybe mental health or mental health awareness or something like that. It's wow. it, it goes pretty deep into stuff. I think it's mental health awareness. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I, that was me. I threw the wrench and everything. 
It's all good. What happens in Moonlighter is, aren't you looking for your dad? I don't even know the story. No. I know that the first trailer I watched of Moonlighter is pretty touching because the your character, uh, uh, Will, the opening vi- video I saw, he's like he's just like like cleaning up the store while his family works the store, and then like I think it shows one of his people get one of his grandmother grandfather gets sick, and then it's just him and the other one, and then the other one dies, and then then and then Will's all by himself, and it was all in the trailer in a cutscene. I'm like, oh, this is kind of touching, and and then you play the game, and I don't think any of that happens. <laughs> It might be like the first five minutes, but it's been so long since I originally turned it on that you don't you don't ever get you don't get to see another cutscene. Yeah, there's not really any cutscenes. Yeah, it's not very story driven. It gives you just enough story to go off of, and then I just let you loose. Yeah, and I was doing the when I because it's been a golly, it's been like a, a maybe a year between my actual like I played through like literally half the game and then put it down. And at somewhere in that year, we told you about it, and then you played it and liked it, and you made a video on your on your show about it, and then like. We, we decided to do it on our podcast, which I was kind of neat to do cause, since, since it was a game we showed you. So I yeah. picked up it about a year later. I picked up just now and played the second half. And uh, I guess a little bit of spoilers here, that second half of the game, or not really really the second half, but like maybe the last dungeon and and, and up until the actual end, like all of a sudden that, that game's about aliens. Yeah. I don't want to much of it, but it gets a little weird at the yeah, end. Yeah, well, there's, there's not much, not too terribly much story. I just thought it was a weird thing that, uh, uh, just like, well, just a weird, a weird turn. We we spoil things a little bit here sometimes, especially if the game, if the game, if story isn't the focus. There's no, you know, they ain't gonna win no rewards for story in this game. That's for sure. Uh, I thought it was just a, such a strange turn for what I what I what I had been playing, and uh, I would even call it a uh, a plot twist. It just seemed like it's out of so out of left field. Maybe yeah. if you're re- maybe if you're reading everything, you know those. Cause you got that one guy in the dungeons where he leaves his notes behind. Crazy Pete or something like that. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I don't. He's not referencing aliens at all. You're just talking about the dungeon and how it's different every time you come in and giving you like the tutorials and stuff of certain things. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We, this is what ha- happens on the podcast. We we flail around a little bit. You yeah. got anything else on the developer or anything? Oh. Um. No, not really. This is the only thing they've done. I kind of like that. There's no way to say this without it sounding kind of racist, but I kind of like that this is a Spanish company, and this game, you wouldn't know that it was a Spanish developer. This game is not littered with – they're they're just not throwing Spanish in Spain, and they're just not throwing it at you in your face the entire game, you know, at all. I didn't know it was a a Spanish developer. The only thing I could say that would counter that – is it's, it's just, all I could find was Spanish. So I don't know if that means that they're from. Well, I guess it would be Spain if they're Spanish, because if they're, it would say Mexican. From, so I guess it's Spain. Yeah. Um. Never mind then. What I was gonna say, I was like, well, there's ruins and Aztecs, but then that comes off as race, <laughs> racist. <laughs> Spain, not Mexico. Yeah, but I like. But I feel like anybody else, any other developer, would be like, we're Spanish and we're proud. And now you're gonna see it. You know. I had no idea until Blake told me that was a Spanish company. I had no, me neither. No, I, didn't, yeah. uh, I didn't catch that vibe playing the game at all. Yeah, so it's kind of it's good, good on them, I think. You don't, you don't you don't have to throw that in people's faces, you know, when you when you make your games. Uh, anything else, Blake? For the developer, no. I'm, I'm I've checked all the boxes that I that I have the information for. Right. They only have a web they have a website, but the website only talks about Moonlighter, Moonlighter or contact us for a job or you know. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, so the the name itself, I guess, real quick, Moonlighter. It's not very complicated. Moonlighter is literally the name of the store 
that will inherits the the store Moonlighter. So that's not at least the names in the game. It's not like just some random name they choose. I guess Will is sort of a Moonlighter himself. If you play the game a certain way, Will will never sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, you don't you don't have to. You could sleep to save your game. But if you play the game like pretty hardcore, like you would like run the store at the daytime, hit the dungeon at nighttime, and it's daytime again. You go back and hit the store again, and then it works at nighttime. You could work work wheel into the ground. Thankfully, it's not a simulation game of that aspect. You don't have to feed or sleep or do anything to wheel. He's just a tough little dude, I guess. He's like the ultimate dreamer. Yeah. I mean. He's great. He's crazy. You get uh, the bills paid, and then he goes out and lives his dream of trying to find that door. Yeah. Uh, pretty good role model if you ask me i mean sometimes you got to <laughs> give up sleep to live your dreams and stuff so oh believe me i i, I give up a lot of sleep to play video games believe me <laughs> oh yeah i feel you there man in will chase when you're good at something you don't do it for free yeah if he goes around through all because let, let's talk about what he actually has to do a little bit yeah that's so yeah we're going to yeah, we, we can do gameplay. Unless you want to do, we, we forget sometimes to tell people about, in my notes here, the graphics and art style. We, we forget that all. We, we, I, I realize that looking back at some episodes, we'll start talking about a game, and then there's no visual to tell people what kind of put a visual in their head of like, what, what, you know, we'll talk about gameplay, and then if you don't know what the game looks like, then, yeah, go ahead. It's basically top down Zelda. I mean, if you've played the original Legend of Zelda, you've pretty much got the yeah. idea. Oh yeah, it's massive. The dungeons to take massive influence from Zelda for sure. Like, there's no like there's no way around that. Uh, I think it'd be almost be cool to play a play a Zelda game that kind of uh, well not that I guess Link would have no interest in uh, running a store, but having maybe Link go dungeon crawling, he comes back and like gives all his crap to some other character that runs Tinkle, Tinkle or somebody that'll <laughs> store for Link, and the Link just keeps going adventure, and that'd be a fun little a side game. It's actually not quite impossible because people do cro- that. You, you saw that a uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer did a whole uh, a whole Zelda version of that. Did you see that? Uh, the Cadence of Hyrule. Oh yes. You seen that? Like the demo wild. of it. That's wild, man. Because that was an entirely different company had, that had no relation to Nintendo. And they liked it so much, they let them take the Zelda license and make a whole with all the Zelda music. I don't know anything. What you don't know nothing about that, Blake? About. Yeah, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer is a, a game where you move to the beat. Sounds like something you'd like a lot, Daniel. A game where you move to the you crawl, you dungeon crawl, but you got to move to the beat of the of the music. Oh, and yo, know, it's it's rough. I played I played it on I played it on PlayStation. It's hard, but uh, if you move to the beat and you do more damage, if you're on beat. And that game, whatever, did pretty well, well enough that Nintendo took notice, I guess, and then gave them the license to Zelda music, and they did a whole a whole other game called Cadence of Hyrule, where you play as Link and other characters, and you bounce around the map to the beat of Zelda tunes. That's amazing. Yeah, and I used to be a drummer too, so I mean, yeah, that yeah, stuff so, comes natural. Yeah, if you haven't played that, if you haven't played that yet, Daniel, Crypt of the Necro Dancer or or Cadence. Or I played both. Cadence. I played the demo of it. I didn't yeah. really uh, it did, it, buy did the not, game or anything. It didn't. Uh, it didn't grab you. Oh, well, I mean, it did. I just didn't. You know, I, I didn't have the money for it or something. And uh, I got some. I got. I have an excuse somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> we always got excuses for everything. We we do too. Uh, here we go. We're branching off again. So I guess the gameplay and stuff is along the lines of Zelda for sure. The the, the dungeon crawling. Go ahead, and, uh, at the beginning of the story, uh, Iro, Iro, uh, Xenon, the the grandfather. Yeah. Grand- Avatar mixed up there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, he says, it's dangerous to go alone. Take my sword and shield or take yeah. this. And it gives you your sword and shield. 
Yeah, that's a direct. Another thing I wanted to touch up on was uh, I don't know if you know the story of uh, how Zelda was inspired. It was inspired by Miyamoto when he was a kid. He would sneak out and go in his backyard and go exploring, and he had a big wild imagination. And so that's that was kind of the inspiration of Zelda. If you think about it, uh, this could just be coincidence. But if you you're you're out in the village, right? You go like you just you don't have to go looking. You just go right to the right, and uh, there's your dungeons. So like I, right, that, right in the backyard. Yeah, that's potentially a huge nod to uh, Miyamoto and his inspiration for Zelda. I thought yeah. that was pretty neat. I thought of it recently. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. It could be because the, the company, the guys who work at that company are clearly Zelda fans, and you can't be a you can't be a Zelda fan without without being a Miyamoto fan. Yeah. Like you literally just walk around the corner, and there's all four dungeons right there. Yeah. With signs that point to it. I like the. Uh, I don't know if you remember Daniel uh, as you beat the, that. You mentioned that grandpa. And I think he uh, he tells you at first, like he's like you probably you shouldn't go there. It's too dangerous. But blah blah blah. If you're gonna go, take my sword and shield. And then, but after you beat, I guess like a uh, maybe a running joke. But uh, as you beat every dungeon, you walk back to town, and he's and he walks up to you, and I was like, I guess you did it again. I guess you ain't never gonna listen to me. Yeah. But you probably shouldn't <laughs> go in the next dungeon because it's too too dangerous. But why do I bother? Because nobody listens to me. And he kept doing that every time I <laughs> came back from one of the, the, beat, one of the game. Dungeons. Like. It's like I, I just just don't get killed. Just yeah, I'm not gonna tell. Just don't get killed. But he kept saying, "Well, you can listen to me anyway." And then he just kept, but he kept pushing you forward anyway. It was like, would like praise you and then talk trash to you. He gets more awful. accepting of it as the game goes on. Yeah, you know you can't stop it, can't stop will anyway. Yeah, yeah, the will of iron or something. Yeah, uh, I guess it's worth saying that uh, like Link, Will is uh, completely silent. He's a silent protagonist, oh, so he's kind of. You kind of live in you, you. I guess you kind of are him. You know, you don't you don't make dialogue choices. Everybody just kind of talks at you, uh, which is fine. I mean, you're. I mean, if you're, I guess you're supposed to be Will. I guess as best as you can be, you're just a heroic little kid who wants to do. Because I guess you're not supposed to. Uh, I think uh, merchants and warriors are more separate in that world. And the fact that yeah. Will wants to be both is is more or less unheard of. Kind of frowned upon in some cases. Yeah, it seemed like it was a little frowned upon, uh, especially through your grandfather. Everybody else around town, I don't know if there's got any notable characters, Daniel, but everybody else around town seems pretty nice to Will. It seems like they're kind of glad he's doing his thing. He's bringing commerce. Yeah. Well, he's the, well, he ain't the only store, I guess. But so We're bouncing around gameplay. Uh, the actual graphics themselves, I guess, it's a pretty neat little pixelated. I know me and Blake talk. I know Daniel's a big fan, I guess, of because that's where you grew up. But me and Blake, me and Blake talked down quite a few of pixel art games because it, it gets kind of tiresome that everybody's trying to do pixel art games but this game actually has more of a style to it i feel like than just pixel art it's extremely detailed uh, and quite awesome to watch it to watch everything everything around the town move and the way the enemies move and the way will gets around and there's a lot of animation involved in, in these graphics as well what would you call it is that 32 bit like what kind of oh i have no idea i have no idea it's a, it, it looks more than it looks more than the Zeldas it comes from. It's got more graphics. Yeah, who knows the, the the technology behind it? But it's I don't know of another, another game that looks enough like it to compare it to graphically. Do you know anything? I mean, I couldn't find um, 
it's probably best to see it. Cause you watch that trailer. The trailer is pretty cool. Cause the trailer is done. The trailer is done in the, uh, it's like a cut scene, but in the pixel pixel, it's like a pixel cut scene. It looks kind of neat the way it plays out with some scenes with, with wheel. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, the opening cut scene kind of reminds me of a game called flashback from back in the day. It's got great. It's not, it's, it has like a hand drawn sprites or, and all that stuff. Or like, uh, I haven't played flashback, but I've played, uh, another world. Yeah, uh, out of this world, I think. Out of this what. world, yeah, yeah. It's changed the name a couple of times, but it has those weird, because uh, those games have strange kind of graphics, but they do cut scenes in the strange graphics, kind of. Yeah, it is very, it's very good for its time. Do not play oh. the remake of it, though. Yeah, I've heard the flashback remake's real bad. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure uh, you another know, world, out of this world, I'm pretty sure they used, uh, was it, Retroscope, Retroscope, where they... They legit filmed it, and then they put pixel art over the film. Or over somebody running like it's like weird motion cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of games, well, a couple of things have been done that way. Yeah. They filmed it, but I'm pretty sure because I remember hearing them talk about it on another po- podcast where they used Retroscope for Another World. Another World, yeah. That's a different podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I have listened to a podcast about flashback where they reference Another World and they reference something else, but. All of that doesn't help a lot with it because Moonlighter's nothing, nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, no, just kind of. I, 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 that was my bad. I kind of. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, we don't we don't mind referencing other games. Uh, all right, so developer, art, the best way for the art probably Blake Blake will be posting art, so you, you get a, a sense yeah. of what the game kind of looks like anyway I'll and how it plays. And art and... If you want to go for a minute, Daniel, and talk about the general structure of of what you do between the shopping and the dungeons, you can. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but yeah, basically, it's, it's the game. The whole game starts off in a in the in, in a dungeon. It, it gives you kind of like uh, the Dark Souls kind of thing, where you get killed at the beginning. Yeah. You're just kind of supposed to do that, and then you're. Uh, I almost said Uncle Iroh again, but. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you watching Avatar right now? <laughs> Iroh. But anyway, he saves you, and he's don't be going off getting killed and stuff. And he shows you how to do this, how to run the shop, and then. Basically, what you do is you just go into uh, you, you go to the dungeon and you get as much stuff as you done as you can, and then get out. He basically tells you to do that. Uh, you get you have this pendant. You hold a circle or whatever button you use, uh, and you hold it down and you teleport out of the. So basically, you're not supposed to be able to beat the dungeon right away. You just get as much loot as you can, and then when you go to your shop. You sell, you basically sell everything you have that you're not going to use, and you set the prices for everything. And what you want to do is you want to try to make your customers happy while making as much profit as you can. And there's different, uh, there's a whole lot of di- there, there's uh, four different reactions you get. The ones like, uh, you turn the page here. There's there's happy, the one you're shooting for. That's the, if you get a fair price on it. Uh, they they're very distinct from each other. You'll know when you get hit that perfect uh, fair price. They get it and and then if you get uh, there's dismayed. Uh, I call it dismayed where they like oh but they buy it anyway. It's, yeah, it's I love that price. I, buy it. I love that one. I, I love when they're sad and they buy it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the only bad thing though is the demand goes down and you have to adjust the price. Uh, there's and there's uh, there's sad, 
He goes, oh, and they they, 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 they don't buy it. And yeah, they walk away. It's too much, and they need to go down on the price. And there's very happy, and you'll notice that when you – their eyes light up with coins. And, uh, <laughs> is that you you uh, undersold it, and you need to go up on the price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later on, there's some uh, – uh, wealthy people that they'll just they'll just grab whatever and you can crank up the price on it. Uh, there's thieves you got to watch out for later on, and uh, they they try to steal stuff. You got to watch out for them. And so, which, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I was reading the the patch notes recently, and along with the thieves, the thieves used to. Uh, Blake won't know, but the thieves used to just walk in and take an item and try to run, and, and, and you stop them. When they pa- they patched it recently for the DLC, the thieves will now walk up to the register and take money right out of the register. Yeah, they do that a lot. I'd much yeah. rather them take money out than take my items. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was crazy. It was crazy. I wasn't expecting that. I read the show notes, and then they put in this stupid bird. Have yeah. You, you see the bird? I, I've bird. It's, in, it's in the DLC. I've only seen it once. Yeah, it it puts it into the well, no, it's a it's patched into the main because I didn't buy the DLC. It's patched it's patched into the main game. Oh, is That's it? A patch. Yeah, that bird, man, it's stupid. It comes in there, the bird busts in the door, and it's as it flitters around the room. None of the customers, they all freak out. They won't buy nothing, and you got to run around the freaking building trying to catch this bird and kick the bird out like a thief. It's it's like it's so <laughs> stupid. And I was just like, man, I didn't need this. Like, no, you just you just it's kind of like a thief. Like uh, the, when the thief appears, you got to run up to it and hit like the. For Xbox, it's left trigger, so probably L2 yeah, for PlayStation. L2 for PS4. And you just kind of like scuffle like a cartoon, like a little cartoon cloud, and they yeah. scuffle, and the thief runs off, and you get your item back. But the bird does the same thing. It just flitters around, and then all the all the customers are popping exclamation points. They just stand there like fools. Yeah, they're just like, yeah. And then they, you kick the bird out. And it's like it happened every time you open the, st- open the store. I was like, man, I didn't need this. I need to patch in good stuff. Anyway, you keep going. I was dude. playing through the. I was replaying through the main game, and that didn't never happen to me. I don't know how. Uh, but when I played the DLC, that's the only time I saw it. Oh, that's weird. weird. Yeah, because uh, I didn't buy it, so I would have. Sure yeah, so they well they've patched. No, I didn't buy the DLC. When I read the patch notes, uh, they did besides besides the uh, that there was these rings. I don't know if you got any rings, Daniel, but I started getting rings. And rings uh, until the patch, uh, you didn't you didn't even get rings unless you played New Game Plus, uh-huh. and, then they, and then they patched in it now that you get rings whenever. So my yeah, second I have half of my no game. No idea what they do. Well, you you when you when you put your icon on, on it, it doesn't tell you. But if you write if you uh for you it'd be R two if you write trigger it kind of like the the book where all your store oh, yeah, stuff is. Yeah, if you write trigger into it, it'll tell you what it does. I only had two of them. That like uh, raises my strength when my raises my strength by fifty percent when my health was twenty percent or lower. That's amazing. And then I had and I had one that uh healed me uh, healed me back uh lowered my strength by like twenty percent, but I healed every hit was healing. Oh yeah, that was pretty There's cool. A, I got a few other ones. I had the, yeah, the bosses were uh because I only fought the the second or sorry the third and fourth bosses, but the the but the third or fourth what did I say? But uh, the bosses that I beat while, while playing, they actually dropped uh, boss-specific rings, too. So I'm, I missed out on the, uh, the, uh, the first two bosses and their, their rings. There's more than two bosses. There's four. There's four bosses and then the last boss. Doesn't each, dungeon, each floor of each dungeon... Those are like mid-bosses. It, the rings were only for the, the final, final ones. Yeah, I never made it to the final, final boss. 
because <laughs> I'm garbage at this particular genre. Yeah, I'm not great at it. I don't have the. I'm not great at old classic Zelda anyway. But anyway, knocked you off course there, Daniel. But I there's a lot, a lot of cool little things there, and the patch notes have some cool stuff in it. So I, I really like how uh, how easy it is to organize things in in the game. Like you, you, you go to your back room, you put like your bedroom and all that. It's behind the shop. Uh, you got chests everywhere, and you just hit one button, and it just throws everything in there and it organizes it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and it's, uh, I also found that really neat. Actually, my wife was watching me play one night, and she was fascinated by it. She's like, "Ooh, can I do it?" I gave her controller. She just like clicked it back it. and forth. It's just, it, it just has that little satisfacting, uh, satisfacting, uh, <laughs> uh, satisfying, satisfying. Yeah. That satisfying little yeah. feel to it. it a little bit of, it's a, uh, scratches the itch. If you got some OCD in you. Yeah. Oh yeah. what do you think of the, uh, the, uh, the curses? The oh, those were annoying. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't, because I don't think the game teaches you how to take care of them. I think it's just like all of a sudden items have curses on them and you got to figure out how to manipulate them around your bag. Yeah. It's like some uh, curses are like an item can only be at the bottom of the bag or the item can only be on this one of the sides or, or it destroys certain items and yeah, destroys the diagonal. Left yeah. The diagonal right. Yeah. Yeah. Make, yeah. You got to found that to be annoying. Uh, you, yeah. you're dealing with enough as it is going through the dungeons <laughs> and, just trying to stay alive space and all that too. And so that's, uh, I just found that part a little annoying. Yeah. There was a couple of the cur- I like I did like the one curse that would send items home though. That was good. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Or <laughs> some of that destroys a curse. Yeah. You had to put it, cause Sometimes they have to little- throw them in the magnifying glass and be done with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it tends to only curse the more the more pricey items too. So make make you yeah. make you really makes you it makes you want to have to deal with them so you can get home with all that stuff. I didn't like the one that uh that stupid one. If you take too many hits, it destroys the item. Yeah, that was that was probably the, one of the hardest ones to deal with. I got hit. But if you do have something on your wish list, it'll it'll be it'll be have a green star on it. Yeah, that's very helpful too. Yeah, when you go to the uh, we didn't mention the the blacksmith is how you use. So when you have all these items, you're either going to try to sell the items to make money, or you have a blacksmith who takes these same items you find, and he turns them into new weapons uh, and armor sets for you. So and you can, like Neil said, you add it to a wish list, and thankfully, while it's on the wish list, it will highlight those items for you with the little star. So you know, don't sell this because you. Yeah, it's a big icon. So you know, won't sell this because you need it pretty bad. And that actually actually keeps you going. Uh, another organizi- organizing thing that makes uh, managing the game quite a bit easier. And at the beginning of the game, you can pretty much choose what weapons you want or what armors you want, and you just and it yeah. it's, it's just one step up from the last one. Uh, yeah. So I did I did kind of pick one thing, one armor armor type at the beginning. And I stuck with it. We could talk about the there's three different armor types or three different paths, I guess. Where there's a helmet, a chest, and boots. Each of those have three choices uh, that, that do different things. I went straight down the middle. It was just straight defense and uh, 
I think uh, I think I kind of lost some speed, I guess, going down the middle. You only lose speed on the heavy set. On the heavy sets, I don't know which set that I did. On the medium, you gain you gain and lose no speed, and you gain a medium amount of armor. With the light, you gain minimal armor, but you also gain more speed. Okay. With okay. the heavy, you lose speed and gain a boatload. Okay, of so I did go down the middle because I think I lost speed because of my weapon. So I think I went straight down the middle with just straight defense with no no speed gain or speed loss. Do you, do you know what you did, Daniel? Uh, my first playthrough, I did uh, my boots were the cloth ones that were that would go faster. I think everything else was medium. Oh, so you so you mixed and matched. Okay, cool. Yeah. Blake, what'd you do? I think I mixed and matched because I think the only heavy thing you didn't lose speed on was helmet. So I carried the heavy helmet. And then I had the light shoes and the medium armor is what I think I did. Oh, dang, y'all, y'all, y'all did more fun. I'm, I'm just basic, I guess. I picked the right down the middle. Because I wanted the most bang for my buck, and I didn't want to – I wanted the minimal amount of negatives that I could get. Yeah. So well, I was we, already terrible at the game. Well, it's, you got to trade off stats for other things, I guess. Uh, what was your weapons of choice, Daniel? Uh, for my first playthrough, I just did sword and shield and bow. I mean, ever since uh, I used to play World of Warcraft, ever since I played that, I've always had to have a bow with me because yeah. got a nice ranged attack, and I have a and just basic melee attack. My second playthrough, I get a bow, of course, and I use I was using the uh, big sword, the little Buster sword. Yeah, that's what I did the whole thing. I feel like the bow should even be a choice. I feel like the bow should be required. Yeah, like it shouldn't be like a secondary. I don't, I don't. I can't imagine anybody playing through that game and not using the bow as a secondary. It was my main thing for a lot of time. A lot of bosses, you can just bow them to death and stay away from them. But I ended up with the bow throughout the whole game. The basic bow, of course, because you end up with there's like a the but there's weapons have the same thing. You have the middle ground for the weapons, and then you have two different versions. One's like elemental, and then one has a status effect on it. Uh, but I went kind of basic, straight down the middle, of course. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of them was just straight damage. That's what I. That's what I went for. One, one's less damage. Uh, with the elemental Yeah, some had status effects on them. So I did the bow, of course, the whole game. I forget what my other weapon was when I first started playing, but I I ended up falling on and staying on the big Buster swords too. So I had the heavy Buster swords when I was up close and then when I was running away, but you spend a lot of time running away. I feel like when you're running away, you, uh, I ended up bowing. I'd use the bow a lot. Yeah. Very handy. Just so everyone knows there are the, the, the amount of weapon types, there's sword and shield. You have the bow spear, the great swords, mm-hmm. which is the giant buster swords gauntlets. And I believe what they're like ax hammers or ax and hammers. Mm-mm. No, they weren't those. No, they were just spears that looked like axes. Okay. Yeah. Halberds, I guess. Did the did the DLC? Do you know? Did the, did the DLC add any new weapons? Not that I'm aware of. I don't. Aware of. I, I didn't really look though. Didn't really dig into it. Yeah, I have no idea if they added weapons or not. I feel like a lot of the stuff they went. I don't know why they put a, put out a a viable DLC when they patched in a lot of these things. They patched in new. Because uh, you had these little helper, these little helpers too, little dudes that little familiars that'll follow you around and do different things. And they patched in these new ones that put elements on your weapons anyway. That's all. Probably because they realized people weren't putting elements on. I mean, I guess. I don't know. But I ended up with I only found one of them. I actually got the little a little fire slime. Not, not only did he put fire on my weapon, he was also, like, still attacking people. It was a, a little, bitty, little bitty fire slime was following me around. And that wasn't there before when I played the game originally. That's they, awesome. Yeah. 
Did you have a, a favorite familiar, Daniel? Not not really. There was one that healed every time I killed something. Oh, uh, what? I like that one. The, the what? I don't think I had that one. Which one was that? Um, I don't remember exactly. It was one of the la- it was one of the later ones. Yeah, because you don't get before the end of the game. But uh, I kept it simple. I had one guy who was just just shot stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, uh, they're basically little midget versions of some of the monsters you fight. So yeah. Th- I think mine was like a wizard from yeah. the desert dungeon, and he heals every time he kills something. So it was pretty neat. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think I saw because I don't know how the game's not very clear on how you get the familiars. They just show up beside your house. <laughs> like I, it never really told yeah. you how you use them. So like you don't really just get them all. I don't know how it because I played through the whole game and I beat all the dungeons and I didn't have all the familiars. What? Well, there's eggs. Yeah. Uh, you get sometimes. It says to get a familiar, you need to kill a particular enemy ten times. After which you will acquire an egg of that specific enemy. And then the egg will appear in your farm, back at town, and then after three days, the egg will hatch. Okay. Well, the game, the game never tells you that. No, it <laughs> there are 15 familiars you can acquire. Dang. 15. I had half of that, maybe. If you think about it, the original Legend of Zelda didn't tell you much either. They just give you a sword, and there you go. Yeah, chuck uh-huh. in there, and good luck. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, weapons, weapons. Uh. So Blade didn't actually see any of the bosses, but do you have a particularly favorite of the of the four main bosses before the last boss? Not really. I mean, uh, they they're all pretty much the same. Uh, just dodge their stuff and go attack them. I did one shot the uh, fourth boss, the uh, tech boss. Yeah. Uh, I killed him the first first go. Oh, well, you like you ran straight through and killed him? Uh, yeah. I, mean, oh, wow. I blew through that one like really quick. Yeah. He was actually probably I don't know if it was a toss up between him or the 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 desert the desert snake thing was a a boss that I thought was pretty easy cuz I had my bow and the desert snake boss thing just kind of travels around the map. And I was just like shooting my bow in the direction I thought he was in just wailing on damage on him. He wasn't even really attacking me. So I thought yeah, that was kind of easy. Uh, they sh- they shoot at you every once in a while but yeah, some laser some lasers but I think the tech boss was actually pretty easy too. So that bosses weren't the bosses weren't actually that I thought some of the mid bosses were actually a little harder than the oh definitely the, than the main especially, bosses especially in the in the third dungeon the one that moves around and shoots at you yeah that uh which one which one was the the desert one which one which which was, mid boss was that uh it was the a little, little obelisk looking looking thing oh yeah it yeah, yeah spins yeah. around and shoots fire at you yeah I remember that and then the tech one was like a uh, uh, weird little orb that the the first because you fight yeah. so we didn't say the dungeons are what three what three floors and then you fight the the final boss I guess and after the the end of the first floor you fight a mid boss and the end of the second floor you fight a upgraded version of the mid boss and then you beat the third floor and you fight the main boss which is a different boss I thought the uh, upgraded version of the tech boss the mid boss was quite a bit more difficult. Than its regular version, because it really just kind of flies around and kind of lasers at you, yeah. and then it starts shooting out these orbs, and the orbs start like connecting like lasers across the screen. Oh yeah, I was I, I was I, I don't remember that one too much, but uh, yeah, for me for, for me it was like yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do remember. Yeah, 
the second version of the uh, yeah. of, it, of each boss was yeah. tougher. Yeah, they all look the same in their second tier. I think they changed the color palette a bit, but all of a sudden they have they had they tend to have just no new attacks. And that one was I feel like between his two forms, his second form had a had a pretty drastic new attack that made him quite a bit more difficult. And like I said, it's been a, so for the first the first two dungeons, those bosses, it's been a year since I since I messed with them, and Blake never saw them. So nope, not at all. What? I don't remember the Golem Dungeon, so I forgot. It's the Golem Dungeon, the Forest Dungeon, the Desert, desert Dungeon, and, and the Tech. tech. So I did do some more of the Forest when I was wrapping it up, when I turned it on, because I was uh, trying to visit the dungeon ten times for an achievement. So that mid-boss is actually just a tree that just sits there and takes a beating. So that it one actually wasn't that. Oranges at you. Yeah, like, I was like, this, this boss is a joke. It, it don't even move. So I tore that one to pieces a couple of times, and I forget what that final boss of that one was. So we're we're all sucking here because we 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 don't remember all the bosses. <laughs> it was a big giant plant demon thing. Yeah, the forest is of course some sort of plant. Uh, we don't have to if you don't want to spoil the final boss, Daniel. We don't have to spoil the final boss. It is kind of random and out of, out of nowhere, but uh, we could we we could leave the the final boss a mystery if, if you remember. I remember because I did it the other day. But we we ain't gonna spoil the final boss. It is quite a, a weird turn. Yeah. And then, a, and then a long conversation with the after that after you fight the boss, a long conversation trying to weirdly explain what's been going on the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Which they touch up out. on it throughout the dungeons when you go to the archaeologist tent or yeah those little notes that whoever that person is leaves behind. Yeah. And every dungeon, every floor of every dungeon has that. So if yeah. you want to look up the lore, yeah, the lore is there for sure. Did you uh, did you get the trophy where you go in the corner where he's where, he, where he's peeing and taking craps? I don't that remember ex- that one. That explorer, like every one of his little rooms, you only got to do it once for a trophy. But then if you look, if you turn the game back on in one of the there's the tent, of course. If you look into one of the corners of the room, it's a little darker and looks kind of wet. If you walk up in there, it'll pop an achievement or a trophy. It says something about him going to the bathroom in the corner. I don't think I got that one. Yeah, I'm bugged too. That's that was one of the yeah. bad, really bad things about this game. It was, I think they fixed it. It was, this was like through everything. It was on it was on Steam, Xbox, and PS4. The trophies were bugged. Some of them didn't pop when you got them, and it was really bad because because uh, I'm one of those people. I do not go for the platinum unless I really really like the game, and yeah. I really really liked Moonlighter. I mean, I did a Crash and Burn episode uh, on it. Because yeah. it was so, just so much fun, and uh, so I wanted to get the platinum, and I, I still don't have it yet, even though they've uh, seemed to have patched them out. I wonder because uh, I would never get all the achievements because uh, obviously you'd be better at the game, but this game has trophies and achievements for each of the four final bosses. Uh, the four final bosses is beating them without getting hit. Have you? Yes. Have you, have you managed that? Not yet. I've tried <laughs> a few times, but. Cause they got, I don't know. I just, I mean, I thought maybe with the snake, it'd be kind of easy. Cause your dot, uh, will has a dodge. that's pretty, uh, pretty effective. His dodge. Is, I think you're invincible during the dodge, but like getting a trophy, you try to get an achievement for fighting those bosses without getting hit one time. That just seems real rough. 
then if you die having to rerun through the entire, you, if you get hit once, you yeah, if you get hit, if you get hit, you would just probably just win it and jump back up, do it, you do gotta, it. Yeah, you got to reload the game and because because if you kill a boss, you can't get back to him. You can't fight the boss sucks. again. No, no, you once he's dead, he's gone. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought I thought you could rerun the dungeon and just try again. You can rerun the dungeon, but the boss won't be there. Oh wow. You just get some free goodies to go sell stuff. And yeah, so that's two. There's a double whammy on trophies there because there's a how you would do it because there's a there's one there's, there's individual trophy for each boss beating without getting hit, and then there's one trophy you get for all the bosses, but your final hit has, has to be with a broom. Like your 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 killing blow has yeah. to be with the broom, but if you yeah, that, only that should be simple enough. You just just well, carry it with you and equip it when you're about to finish them off, and then you think you, I don't you have think, that one yet, but that's I got a kind of a plan for that one. So, well, would you try to do the uh, no hits and then the broom kill in the same run? You have Probably to because if the bosses don't come back, you got so little little. Little options there. A little forgiving window. Is there is there a way to like respawn them? That's right. He said that once they're dead, once they're gone, they're gone. That's right. That new dungeon. Yeah. Well, the well the the DLC talked about repopulating the old dungeons with new enemies. I wonder if that makes it to where the, if the DLC makes it to where you can refight the bosses again. What it does, it uh, adds a uh, you, you know in you know how some some of the dungeons have that room that you can go into like the desert dungeon if you're in oh, the yeah. jungle. Yeah. It's got something similar similar to that. There's a pitfall you can go into, and it'll have a green portal to it, and it'll take you to the uh, what's it, the Wanderer's dungeon, this mm-hmm. big green dungeon. It's basically the new dungeon, and it's just go you just go through one floor of it, and at the end of it. You kill you kill a mini boss and everything. You actually get a very upgraded weapon. Oh wow! But the only ca- the only catch is it disappears when you leave the dungeon. So yeah, but I guess you, but you go back into you go back into another dungeon and it respawns everything again. Yeah, pretty much. It's something to tide you over until you finish the game and go to the DLC, the actual DLC. Huh? Have you have you gotten into the actual DLC yet? Uh, last night I did. I, I just reloaded my uh, old game and uh, and just put a big message came out. Go to, go to sleep and you'll uh, there's new adventures waiting for you. I'm like okay cool. And this fat time fast forward about three months. Big storyline happens and stuff and the town looks a little different and their big dungeon a new dungeon actually comes up. Hmm. So. Does it show up over there by the other dungeons? Uh, yeah, right in the middle of them actually. Uh, uh, huh. And this one has uh, like nine or ten different floors to it. So what? Huge. Wait. So wait. You you mean like like it randomly chooses, or or you you, or you have to run nine floors? Uh, I think you I think you run all nine of them. Oh jeez. And uh, yeah, you, know, you got town portal and all that stuff. Yeah, but still, it's, that's a lot compared to the original game, only making you run three floors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's quite it is really it's uh, kind of a I guess kind of a survival mode I guess if you because uh, I've noticed there are some uh, old uh, enemies from different dungeons in it so plus a bunch of new ones too. And uh, is there like is there still mid bosses every at the end of every floor? 
Oh, I've only done one floor, and it's uh, it just had it had a portal that took me back to town. I only played it briefly, so uh, but I think it, 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 I don't know if you can go back to it or not. Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to. I don't. Know if I, I probably wouldn't buy because I, I beat the game, and there's actually a there's no new achievements or trophies tied to the DLC, which kind of usually puts me off from buying anything like that. They, they don't add new any kind of new achievements to it. It just kind of like it scatters. Cause it did say it scatters new enemy, new enemies into the old dungeons, but I wish it did. Uh, does it come with, do you know if it comes with more shop upgrades or anything? Cause you know, it, I had my shop maxed. I had my shop in my town maxed out at the end of the third dungeon. You know, I, I looked for it and I, I didn't see any, uh, uh, I, I didn't see any outright, uh, town upgrade. I mean, uh, shop upgrades but the story mentioned that you can possibly there's possibilities for shop upgrades and that you just can't buy them from your board huh that's strange how and there weren't any new townspeople either huh and there's not any new uh new uh merchants that come into town no not the not that i'm aware of they're not they're, they're not there on the uh on the uh town uh board you feel like that'd be like important to a DLC would add some new people and add, make your shop bigger. Do they add more uh, like weapon upgrades or armor upgrades? Well, or? you said you got some special weapons. Yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't look at the, uh, I didn't really look at the blacksmith, but yeah. uh, there's probably though there'd probably be some more. You would considering what the game is about, a, a DLC would have to add some of everything. You would think. Yeah, they, they probably do. Like I said, I just I, did, I didn't really get a chance to really delve in, delve too deep into it. Yeah, I, did, I didn't either. I didn't I, I didn't buy it, but that's okay. That's fine. The DLC is whatever. Um, this will we'll circle back around to the we talked about the dungeons and stuff. We talked about running the store a bit and what it, what it means to run the store and all that mess. Uh, did you actually like running the store, Daniel? Did you like I the? I loved it, man. It's just like. It is, it is it's probably the most relaxing thing on there. It's uh, the the music on there is great. It's just uh, uh, my my wife loves the music too. She'll like she'll be playing on her computer next to me. She'll actually mute everything and enjoy and while I'm running the shop and yeah. Well. I was saying when I uh I we, we get side here again. You mentioned the music because I was doing the. I, I try to look up the music for a game sometimes before the podcast, so I have some music ready for when we're talking. I'll play stuff throughout like I normally do, but uh, this uh, soundtrack for this game is a real banger, man. Like every song is good. Yeah, and did uh, speaking of music, uh, in, in the day, if you run around the daytime, did you notice that the music changes when you approach the uh, other merchants? Oh, I had no idea. Like the uh, blacksmith, you'll hear like hammers clanging. In, in within in the, music. the music and then uh, that's awesome uh i didn't know like a mandolin will start playing oh that's cool i was uh when i was reading about the music and getting the music uh you find come to find out when you're listening to the music there's the uh the title screen music which is kind of like the main theme for the game that is used again and again throughout the game uh during they hit the, the the composer uh works that into boss themes where you're kind of hearing the the main theme of the game is worked into every boss theme and then the final yes. boss the final boss he says it's in, it's in a way of 
when you start the game and then you wrap the game up with kind of the same theme. It's all encompassing all the music. And I was like, man, that's genius. It is. I mean, and you can hear it when you listen to the music. That was just so clever. And I was like, and then, I don't know, this dude, it's, it's a lot. It's, I think it's a big thing to say, but he's pretty close when it comes to music. He's about the closest person I've ever heard to come anywhere near uh, Nobu Uematsu for Final Fantasy. He's about the closest person. I know Zelda has some great music too. I especially love the soundtrack to Ocarina of Time. But this guy's this 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 whole the whole track of this whole game thing is just like, man, this dude knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And it's it, good music is really good for a game like that. Yeah, especially when you hear a lot of music. Like everything's even the different floor, even the different floors of the dungeons have different themes to them. And you and you and, and you hear them a bunch, but you don't ever because you, the whole point of the game is running the dungeons over and over again. And if the music was bad, you'd be like, "Man, I'm sick of this," you know. Yeah. And then you find out you run a dungeon two or three times, and I'm about you, but you get to where you're like humming along. You're playing and you're, you get you get into a flow with the combat. You're kind of humming along to the music. It starts to feel real good. And that's when the whole game, the whole part of the dungeon crawling in the game, and the music all come together, and you're fighting real well, and you feel real good about it. And you're like, "Man, this is dope." It, it wasn't and, and always it speeds up too. Like when you get to the uh, second or third dungeon, the music actually speeds yeah. up a little bit. You just like yeah, you know you're going after the boss. Yeah. And it just it gets more intense. Yeah, it's really cool. You got something, Mike? Uh, it's actually uh, if we're talking about how good the music is, I feel that it would be important to talk to give you the the names. Yeah. It's actually two composers. One is uh, David Finn at the N N N, and then a Pablo. Calibero, C A B A L L E R O. Yeah, I saw the first name when I, when I looked up the music. I didn't see the second name. There's two composers, according to my notes. Hmm. I wonder if the other guy did the. I'm sure the DLC has new music as well. That's a possibility, or maybe dungeon music versus town music. Yeah, that separate. that general town theme is, is is real catchy, and you hear that town theme a lot. And then you have the theme, of course, of uh. The theme of just being inside your shop, and then the theme changes again to when you open the shop. It's just like they they thought of everything, and it all sounds really good. I, I mean, and you'll be hearing it throughout the podcast, of course. But uh, I just think it's all been very, very, very good. You can yeah, brag about initial question: the, the just running the shop is just it is just beyond relaxing, and I it, yeah. I can do it over and over again. I've had the items. Did you uh did you ever get to parts where it was like uh so the 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 patches did add one new thing to a a customer you have to go attend them did you have that happen what you'll see uh, you might not know what you'll see is you'll see a, one one of your one of your shop, uh customers will go stand next to an item and they'll have a question mark and you have to run over to them real quick and you you could for me for me it was a you hit a to attend and then. Really, they just kind of walk off to the register with the item. I don't know what that was about, but that was that, that was new. That I don't remember seeing. That's probably yeah. one of the new things. But uh. yeah, so between so I saw about it, it is mostly relaxing. But when you get like you can get eight or nine people in the store. So like there's somebody who wants to be attended. There's somebody who's trying to rob the store. There's somebody. There's like three of them lined up at the register, and then it's just like oh man, sometimes it can get really uh. And then you're at and then you, we forget like when you mentioned the uh. The expressions of their faces. If somebody has a, a really sad face, like you got to crap, you got to run over there and you got to adjust that price 
so that the next person walks by will buy the item. But you'll have three or four people touching items at the same time, and you're hearing the faces go wee up and down. Everybody's happy and sad. You're just, oh crap! And you got to try to get to all these people at the same time. And I had somebody. I don't know if y'all had one or you, Daniel, because Blake didn't play far enough. I had somebody wait in line so much they just walked out the door. Yeah, there's actually uh, yeah, I, really? there's actually yeah, a, an achievement link to that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that after the fact. You can have uh, if you get ten customers to walk out on you. You get an achievement. I didn't get that many. I had I saw the one dude doing it, like walking out. I was like, man, you do robbing me, man. Yes, <laughs> he waited in line too long for me to get over to him. So it can be. I feel like it's more relaxing in the beginning of the game, and the the, the music that plays with that's real relaxing too, because that music doesn't really pick up. It, it, the music don't amp you up in the store, but uh, but it can get really crazy in there, especially because the music gets. It's still it's still pretty relaxing. Even oh yeah, well, I'm not stuff. I'm not ever like I'm not ever stressed. I'm not I'm not like dang I can't do this. But it's more like <laughs> oh man I gotta and you can't and you because you you're like roll because because you can you can use your dodge roll inside the store so you're like dodge rolling across the store trying to get to somebody <laughs> just to well I didn't I didn't really like the attending thing I didn't I didn't I don't I think it was unnecessary like the bird it wasn't really needed so I hate I kind of ignored some of them because they'll just if you don't if you don't attend them they'll just walk away from the item it's like whatever somebody else will buy it and I think because um, you want the items to sell depending on because your your book updates your your book updates the prices based on like so if somebody says uh, a sad face. Your book will update. You'll see at the bottom right of your screen, your book updates. It shows the sad face, and it shows that price. So you know that if you don't catch everybody, you'll know to go to that price. There's two things. One I know is true. I'm guessing on the second one. I think when you attend somebody, it doesn't update your book, uh, which is annoying. Yeah. And then also, if it's way overpriced, they they they'll have like a mad face, and they won't even look at it. Yeah, and, there's that one too. And there's but, sometimes there's some wealthy customers that will, uh, if they buy something, that it, it won't go in your journal. Exactly. There's them. I forgot about that one. That's good. Thank you. There's that one. And any time an item is in high demand, it won't update your book either. Exactly. A little so error of really, the item. There's, if it's in high demand, it won't update your prices. That makes sense because that's only temporary. Yeah, it's a temporary price. But the best, but the most, the work, most of the work you're trying to do is you're trying to find that perfect price. We're talking hundreds of items. Every dungeon has oh, yeah. 30, 40 items probably in every dungeon, maybe give or take. And you're trying to find all these perfect prices and trying to figure out what you need, what you don't need. It sounds like a lot, but the the design of the game makes it so it easy. Makes it so easy and so relaxing. And it's, yeah, it's, like, it's so knows. clean. And the best thing about it, like it and the game remembers, like you sell an item and it remembers that price. So next time when you come back with that item, you just hit for me, it's the right bumper and it automatically drops that item into the store. This one of the tables price. for that price. It's like, it's already, it already knows. So when you find that perfect price, you're just going inventory. You're just like, boom, 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 boom. And your store is filled up and you're ready to roll. Yeah, it's real, really intuitive. Like I think uh, I was asking Blake about it a minute ago, uh, that if he pr- even preferred the preferred that as the game, like he wish he w- kind of wishes there was a uh, the game that was just the store sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's I mean, you do have to get your items somewhere though. Yeah, I would wonder if there was like a it probably it wouldn't work. This is dumb, but like if there was a co-op version of this. For like somebody who was better at the dungeon crawling could go run the dungeons for you, and your and the person who's not good at the dungeon crawling could go run the store. But how does that work in co-op? I don't know. The timing of it wouldn't be right, but it would be a neat idea to have if you wanted two players to play a game like this. That's an idea for a sequel, or the sequel could be 
because you said Will was a, a, an odd element being both a dungeon, a fighter, a warrior, and a merchant, a different town to where it's, say, it's siblings. One runs the shop and one does it, and then every night y'all just swap. You know, brother, brother, morning, brother, sister kind of thing. Why's it got to be woman in the store, huh? She can go dungeon crawling too. Well, I'm saying, but you say if y'all want to both dungeon crawl, we're both. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. like, every it would be neat to explore. Huh? That, that'd be a good idea to, to uh, explore uh, in a think, sequel. You think a co-op thing could be done? Uh, yeah, if, if it's if it's done right. I mean, it, some sequels try this new thing out and do it wrong and mess it up, but. Uh, It'd be hard. It'd be hard to pull off, but I think it could be done. What if they just tried it with the DLC first, where you get? You, I, I wanted to ask this earlier. Do you get any helpers in the shop at all? Like you do, actually. I forgot about her. Yeah, Dana, you, you you can talk about her. I didn't actually use I mean, her that much. I don't use her that much because I I, I I enjoy actually enjoy running the shop. Yeah, but it's good. she she has her uses. Uh, if say uh, there's another thing I forgot to mention. There's uh. In addition to the customers and the thieves and all that, there's some. Sometimes there's some guys that will come and give you a quest, make a little oh, yeah. request like, "Hey, can I get ten of this item, ten little steel slabs or whatever, in, in like three days or whatnot?" Or so, so I, I I ignored them completely. <laughs> so you, I don't know. It's basically just extra money. So so did you do some of them? I've done. I, I did a few of them. That's this. Yeah. This kind of when time gets a little more important. Yeah. Uh, if time is of the essence, you can actually use her to uh, run your shop while you go do extra dungeon crawling. The only thing is, she takes thirty percent of your profits. So. Yeah. I was like, yeah. The first time I clicked on her and she said that, I was like, no, nah, no thanks. Because <laughs> the game, I mean, though there there is a there is like a calendar in the game. There there's no time pressing against you in that game ever. There's no there's no overall deadline in the game, so I, I I found the calendar feature to be somewhat somewhat useless. They did do like you said the uh, the shop people will ask for an item that they need in three days, two or three days. There's that, and then there's a, a banker guy when you talk oh, to the yes. banker and you invest money in him, and that shows you have so many days to take the money out as your money fluctuates up and down. I didn't find him very useful because I had millions of dollars anyway. And he wasn't really doing me any favors. So other than that, I don't really like the calendar was actually too terribly necessary. Yeah, the banker was fun. Uh, I I dropped like a hundred grand on him, and then uh, if I I got like forty percent off of him, oh yeah, I'll take that back. You know. Yeah. I did a hundred hundred grand first, and then I did a uh, uh, a million after that, and I got like a hundred, like a like one point four million back, and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't, I don't need this money. Like, what am I, what am I doing? This is where I've already bought everything. So there is a, uh, we we keep mentioning the tree trophies and the achievements. There's an achievement, whatever, for using the banker five times. I did even get the, I did even get the achievements. Yeah. I didn't even bother using him five times. You mentioned that the the calendar function was fairly useless. Do you think if they had maybe added in, um, like uh, certain festivals or holidays, or even if the game did seasonal events. Yeah, it it did it. do snow one time, didn't it, Daniel? Yes, yeah, so like when Christmas time, it it actually there's actually snow in the village, and I think there's fall as well. Because right now I played it recently, that the leaves were yellow. I mean, they're orange and stuff. So that, so they, that I found that to be really neat. Yeah, they patch it kind of kind of seasonal. Because though it could be optional, but wouldn't it be kind of cool if they're like, hey, we have 
uh, we'll just call it like Spring Bell Festival, whatever day. Yeah. And like they're like, you need to go to the jungle and bring a bunch of flowers. And then like it would spawn like everything in the dungeon was special enemies or like only items that would drop were the flowers. Yeah, here's or something it could work as adding another another layer of complicated that, that's if they even wanted to use the calendar feature feature e- e- any more than they did they uh, even add it in there if you're not going to use it that's the point that's i don't know i can see i can see why they didn't you know do a whole lot with the calendar they didn't want to they, they didn't want to overcome I, I believe they didn't want to press press you too hard and yeah pressure you to rush through it and the game the game to me is not really about rushing through it it's about oh, yeah even when you're going to a dungeon you're never really in a hurry no no because that, that's not the point you're kind of you want to you want to go in every room you want to kill every enemy you want to get as many items as possible it's a the whole game's kind of about taking your time except there is one sometimes uh if you dilly dally around too much this big green monster will appear and start chasing yeah. you have you ever got caught? Always, always pan, every time he shows up, I just panic and I leave the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, did, he, he just—he's he, really slow. And he can outrun yeah. quite easily. Do you ever, make, do you ever, do you ever do anything? Can, can you, can you fight? Can you hit him or do you just, you just run away? I don't think so. Just run from him. I think yeah, it's just I, time mechanic. It may have patched him out because I haven't seen him. Oh, uh, yo, he, he's there. He's there. Oh, <laughs> I, had, okay. I, I had him, had him this week. Yeah, if you like, say if you, if you dilly dally too long. I've seen it. Yeah, and he wait. And the game kind of warns you. You see it at first at the bottom of your screen is a, is a little clock. All of a sudden, there's a little a little gl- little green eye looking thing. You're like, what the heck is that? And then he <laughs> and then uh, and then that actually again back to the music. The music changes when he shows up. He has his own little. I don't know what he is, but the, the music changes. He's kind of he's all green and goopy, and he starts just following you around, trying to smash you. And he'll yeah. show up. I don't think he can show up in bosses. But he will kind of. I think he tries to push you to the dungeon, and I don't understand that mechanic. If the rest of the game is kind of like, you know, the, the game's kind of like has that relax and take your time kind of vibe, and I don't know what what's the point of him being in there. Well, yeah, he because you said the timer appears on like your bottom of your screen. Maybe it has something to do with uh, your pendant because your pendant also whenever you leave, it's the same green goop that lets you go into the dungeons and out of the dungeons. Yeah, that, goop, that goopy stuff. Maybe. It's, I mean, it's all lore and hearsay and me guessing. Maybe it's a part of him. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know. Because not every, no one else in your village can go into the dungeon. Do they? Do they not? I don't know if any other villager talks about going in there or not. Exactly. No one can. Well, the, there's there's other warriors walking around the village. Well, the, what what happens is uh they they the lore speaks about it uh and, uh they uh. Every, every person that goes in there is like th- it's in their own little dimension. So that's why you're alone. So oh, everyone who goes in there is, is going in there alone. You can't party up or nothing. Okay. So. Huh. Did you, uh, uh, is that, did you read the, uh, so I don't want to spoil the end, end end, but when you get, when you're going into the last, the final fifth door, there's a bunch of little things to read. Did you read those? I didn't. I poked at a couple of them. I don't remember if I did or not. I just remember there's a big long hallway. Yeah. And final boss. Yeah. Well, there's like a, the long. There's the long hallway. And it goes into this room, and there's a bunch of these little like tablet-looking things, like stone tablets, all over the place. And I, I clicked on a couple of them, and they, they, there's a bunch of words. And I, at the at this point in the game, I was like. I don't know the story, so I was just clicking through it real fast, and I, I wonder if there's any additional lore or 
trying to explain the aliens at that point. I don't know. I think I did read them. I just don't remember what the, it was it's yeah. been over a year ago. So yeah, I don't been a, remember. been a while. Yeah, that's okay. I didn't know if we, cause that, I said, like I said earlier, realistically, this game it really, really isn't about the story. They're not. I don't even think the developers were that worried about. They're just really telling a tale. They give you just enough and yeah. let you go. I could use a. I could probably use another dungeon. I could. I could probably use a couple of more uh, different shop upgrades and stuff like that. I mean, granted, this is their first game, their first real outing. I mean, if, if this game, if this game is successful, and it was successful enough for them to warrant some DLC, so maybe if it keeps going, maybe they can. We'll, we'll see another game, even if it, even if it's not not a Moonlight or two. Maybe we'll see another game from this developer that maybe expands on these ideas at least. Yeah, definitely. So, what was your favorite? Uh, uh, out of all the uh, out of all the shop people, the shopkeepers, what was your favorite? Oh man, that's got to be the for we, usefulness. We didn't really go through all of them. Yeah, there's what the the blacksmith, of course, which is pretty important. I don't know their names. Uh, he's, he's, probably, uh, he's probably the most important. Andre. Andre and Harris, the enchanter. Yeah. So we, don't, we we didn't forget that. So you blacksmith something and you take it to her. And she makes it makes your weapons and your armor even even better than what they are before. Yeah. Random upgrade. No, and she just like raises like if it's a weapon, she raises the attack power. If it's a armor, she raises the defense. Because we didn't say before that if you're looking at it, I think armor by default really only gives you more health. It seems like right raises your health bar, and then when you go and enchant it, she increases the defense stat, I guess, of armor. She has like five points of defense to armor, or maybe it's maybe it changes depending on the armor you're using. But you really see that if you look at the stats of armor, it like just gives you more and more health. Or is it? Yeah, they kept it as simple as possible. Yeah. Uh, there's only there's only like four stats: there's your attack power, your health, your defense, and uh, your speed. Yeah. And so another but, thing I like about this game is just so simple. There's uh, you only use one thing in the whole game and that's that's uh your gold you don't get yeah. experience points you don't get uh tokens of any sort uh you just get uh money and your and your crafting items and that's a, that's yeah. about it and uh if you if you know if you realize but in this, in this world money does grow on trees it really does yeah you can actually uh, knock it out of the trees yeah, I, I finally got my uh, I got my achievement for a hundred coins out of out of trees this past week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the enchantress, yeah, she's probably uh, she's she's actually pretty quite useful. She's the one that does all the upgraded, and she can also you can use some some goop and crap like that from the dungeons to craft potions, or you can just straight give her gold for a higher price of gold, and she can just she'll just give you po- she'll sell you the healing potions and stuff you need to survive the game. The only thing you can't buy from her is these, uh, I saw these, these full heal potions. They actually require you to have all three of the, of the jellies. You can't, you can't straight buy a full heal from her. Yeah. That's, those are, that's toward the end of the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she's very useful in that regard. What about the guy? I didn't, I never used them. Was the guy who, who actually sells items from the dungeon for you at like higher prices. I, I just didn't, sure. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't see what the good what good he was. This Me neither. Fight. He was. He basically. Uh, he has his uses. The only the only real uses he that he has. If you don't want to go back into a dungeon to get, say, you got like one item left that you need for uh, 
for an upgrade, you can just go buy it for him for, from him. Yeah, but uh, isn't his stock random though? Was his stock not random? I haven't had trouble finding. I think he has every a little bit of everything. Oh, okay. You have to scroll down for it. Yeah, I saw him really early in the game, back before I was really rolling in the dough, you know, and I clicked on him, and he had a bunch of items. They were all really expensive. I was like, I can't even afford this stuff if I wanted it, but I didn't yeah. I didn't bother going back to him late game to even bother with him. Yeah, he was fairly useless. Uh, I'd go to him every once in a while for, for like one item, and that's that was about it. And then there's, um, we mentioned the banker. The banker does what a banker does. You actually give him... You give him a set amount of money, and then he gives you like a five, was it like a five-day window? And then each day you go talk to him in the daytime, and then, is it a five days or is it a full week? I don't remember. I think it was seven, I think seven days. Seven, so full seven days, and each day you go to him, and the, your money's, the interest, not interest, the money's either valued higher or it's valued lower, and it's up to you to keep waiting until all the days go through. But uh, no matter what, on the final day, you have to take the money out, whether it's a gain or a loss. So you're kind of judging up it. I think the most I ever got was a plus 26%. Which doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah but I only used them twice. But as I watched it go up and down, up and down, there was like a negative 70. And I was like, no, no, no way. But uh, So that's really all he really does. But I feel like the time you get him. Why bother gambling when you can make millions of dollars at your shop without having to Yeah, he's not really gambling. I mean, you're, you can take the positive. I mean, you can always just take the positive. It might not be great. He, he might give you, like, plus 1%. There's no point in dealing with him, then. Yeah, he's not. percent of a million is, like, 200 grand, so you yeah. make some bank there. I did uh, do it where uh, that time, that one, I said I used him twice. I gave him that million, and then I was getting... Um, I got the weapon, the stuff I needed for the, uh, for the weapons I needed for the, like, I think it was the, I might've been the final dungeon. So I had all the weapons, but I'd used all my, I'd used all my pocket money to buy the weapons. And I, so I needed money to, uh, go buy the, uh, up, go to go enchant them. And I was like, hell, I'll, I'll just, I'll just cash out. That's what I cashed them out. It was like plus 4% or something of, a, of my millions, but I cashed out that million and I was able to go snatch up my final upgrades for that last batch of weapons. So that kind of worked out. And after that, after I did that with him, I was like, well, I don't need him anymore. I don't, I don't know what to do. Cause I, I'd already bought all the, uh, all the shop upgrades, all the, what, what do you get a better, uh, well, you get bigger buildings, I guess. And then you get, um, more chests, uh, register, register. What's that do that? I think that increases your profits. You get, you get, you get, you get tip money. I tip money from the registers. I'm, I'm forgetting something. There's a register. There's a chests. Bed. Oh, there's the the, the clearance box. The so what bargain the bargain bin is what I call it. Yeah, the bargain bin. So as you upgrade it, like it, like like whatever, it it, it decreases the the bar. Like you get more money the the more you upgrade it. And I always just toss the trash in there anyway. That yeah. People 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 walk by and snatch it out of there. See, that's all the real upgrades for that. And besides making it bigger in your bed. Well, okay. No, there is. The, the final guy we didn't we forgot was the, the hawker, I guess. Yeah. He you sells, just, you just buy decorations for your shop, and it increases money. And decrease. you can decrease the thieves and stuff in it. Yeah. And uh, other you can, things. You can increase um, the tips. You can increase the tip value. You can increase, which I use, the increase the um, amount of customers. It's may or why I had too many people in my building. 
I think I, I think I think it defaults at like seven, and I think I added like two more. So I had like nine customers in my building. I had decreased the thief by one thing, like minus 25% thieves. And you can raise your – I put all the tip upgrades on there, so you're making crap tons of money. Oh, yeah. And then multiple customers – something else you can do too. You can make it where they, they, they won't, they'll stand in line longer or they won't, they won't run off with your item in line. They'll make, make, make some more patient. I did, I did buy all though. You can buy, there's an achievement for buying all the Hawker items, which he, his, he gets items based on how far you're in the dungeon. And then when you beat each of the bosses, he has your final item to buy and place inside your shop. His stuff's pretty useful. He himself doesn't really do a whole lot of anything, but those items, uh, I guess it adds up. And you, and it's visual, nice little visual things you get to place around your shop to spruce your shop up. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, it's just little items. Like, well, first it's like a little jar, and then there's like a plant, and there's like a like a waterfall, and then other random. There's a picture, a painting. It's just stuff you just place around some, crystal, some magic crystals. It's just stuff you place around your shop that does uh, different things. Okay. Like a pool of lava you can put in to scare off uh, thieves or something. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I think it's the thing you hang on the wall. It's like bubbling lava. Yeah. Well, the thieves know that you're nothing to mess with. You're like, man, I just pulled some lava out of a dungeon. Okay. <laughs> Brought it back here to show you not to mess with me. Yeah. Those thieves weren't that, that, that much of a trouble to me, honestly. But I didn't know what the um, – so we're still kind of on the shop and other people – when said the said there's there's the rich customers that come in, and we know what they do. There was like uh, customers that would walk in that had a sword and shields. I guess there's some sort of warrior. Do you know what they were doing specifically? They go straight for any weapons that you put out. Sometimes oh. you find like a broken uh, sword or something. Okay, that's why that that's why I didn't know because I never sold any weapons. I, I never had any weapons. That's probably why I didn't. I never knew what they were doing because broken sword like axe. Well, because the weapon, my weapons, I didn't sell mine. You just, you just keep upgrading your weapon. You keep your same weapon throughout the game. So, I think Sometimes I, you would find like some of the sellable items you could see was broken sword or blunted axe, and they were kind of like, or like not blunted axe. But I think it was like the axe head. I guess and they would, they would buy specifically. Uh, okay. Weapon yeah, that's like, I guess that's why I never noticed what they were what they were really there for. Cause that, but they would still buy other stuff, I guess. But that, yeah. but they didn't sprint towards anything because they didn't really care. Yeah, I've actually found uh, regular weapons, that stuff you can upgrade in the with the blacksmith. Yeah, random. I think I found a um, I think I found a set of gloves one time, but I never equ- I never equipped them, so I don't know how the uh, the glove combat works. Uh, I only know of the sword, the big sword and the bows combos. I don't know the how the gloves were. I think Blake tried spears. The spears were they were. You had some distance on them, but they were only straight. There was no swiping. Yeah. But the great sword, like you could swipe in a pretty wide arc, even going a little bit behind you, and you could also kind of hit around corners because some of the obstacles in the dungeon enemy would get stuck on a rock, and you could hit around the rock so there's no way they could hit you. you yeah. Can, like cheat the system. Yeah. A little bit. yeah. And same thing with the bow, not the normal bow attack, because every every weapon, every fighting style has an an A attack and an X attack, like a charge. Yeah, and with the bows you could hold X and you would charge it up and you could literally fire over and through obstacles. Yeah, I never I never used the charge attack, so I didn't know that. I was just railing on the basic bow attack, trying to kill things before they got to me. 
Uh, I don't have the skill set for this game normally. Yeah, the uh, bow, you can actually hold it down. It'll actually home in on some enemies. It'll home in, really? Oh, yeah. Unless it'd be like an up further upgrade or something. I don't know. That's wild. It'll just... It won't home in exactly. It'll just... Uh, kind of curve towards them? Yeah, curve toward them, yeah. And, That's uh, cool. With the bone arrow. Yeah, I, I guess because the the, the normal shot wouldn't do that because I miss I missed all the time. <laughs> and yeah, it also goes through uh, obstacles. Well, if I'd done that in hindsight, <laughs> I'd never use the charge shot. Cause I feel, yeah, because I had the time. Usually, I'm such a running around like a fool. Um, anything anything else about the the stores or the towns you want to talk about? Um. Not, nothing, not, nothing I can uh, remember. Uh, let's see. We covered all the, all the people, mm-hmm. and we covered. Oh, oh, there's, there's one more thing. Uh, some of the customers, you'll love this. Uh, have you noticed that uh, some of the uh, customers are cameos from other games? What? Uh, yeah. Uh, cl- uh, there's, a, there's a. You sometimes you actually see a blonde haired, haired. Uh, guy come in and uh got a little red scarf on and everything I'm like, oh my god that's cloud from kingdom hearts <laughs> and uh, freaking Aaron comes in as well from uh, final fantasy uh, 10 I, mean, I didn't even notice you, you, you can't you cannot miss him he red trench coat big sword uh i think lulu comes in at some point uh I guess probably a whole bunch of different ones I don't know. I think the chick from Heavenly Sword came in. I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name either. They just come in the store and shop around. Like, oh my god, it's Aaron! (laughs) And I thought that was amazing. Dang, Uh, I wonder. I guess I wasn't. I guess I just wasn't looking at the people enough. Uh, You you think Link Link would have dropped in and ran through there real quick? He does. He does. Oh, Blake found the Blake found the cameos. Well, there's a, a, a there's a, a Reddit R Moonlighter. Oh, really? And there's a whole list of people who've taken screenshots of the characters that they've encountered. In oh, place. really? Oh man, I'll have to look at that. Orin, Lulu, Hawkeye from Fire Emblem, Link only only because he has a Hyrulean shield on. Oh, really? Are they unique to the particular console? Maybe. That I don't know. I remember seeing Link. Uh, I, saw, I did see the Reddit post with a screenshot and everything. He looks different. He's like, looks like an older version of him. He's wearing like black, I think. Uh, so I didn't really catch the Link reference in there, but. Uh, so you, for sure, there is Oren and Lulu. I got screenshots of them right here if you want to see, Drew. Let's see. It's legit. You can't mistake. Oren oh, what? <laughs> How did I not see them? Maybe they were on the PlayStation only version or something. Maybe. Possibly. I bet if you play it on the Switch, you'll get some Nintendo characters. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, there's. I did notice there's some uh, wizard-looking dude. I didn't know who it was though. Yeah, they could. They could be doing other Final Fantasies. I wouldn't know who everybody was. Yeah. Those are clearly Arn and Lulu. Those are pretty obvious. And Cloud from Kingdom Hearts. Uh. Not quite as obvious, but I, I just that's what I caught. I'm like, oh man, that's is that awesome. is that Link? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, old man Link. Old man Link. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Wow, 
I, I guess I just didn't. I thought they would just be bees and generic NPCs running through the town, running through they the. Do for the, the most stuff. part. But yeah, sneaking the other ones in there. Oh man, that's something I missed. <laughs> that's cool though. I like I like stuff like that. I should have should have guessed it'd be something. There's no way they wouldn't do some sort of cameo of, of, of Link in there somewhere. I mean, I assume without knowing all the bosses, I are are any of the bosses reminiscent of Zelda bosses? None that I none that I really well the snake the snake I feel like the snake kind is. of resembles the snake from Link to the Past. Yeah. The little one that twirls around, he got him in the tail. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't really notice. Hmm. When's the last time you played Link to the Past? Oh, oh, it's it's been it's been years, but I remember it like the back of my hand though. So. Yeah. I tried to play it, man. Well, I think we've we've mentioned this on the podcast before. You probably heard us. We talk about the uh, the generation differences of games. We're like, I love Ocarina of Time, but I just can't get through Link to the Past. And I tried again. They put Link to the Past. On the Switch, of course. And I was like, even with even with the uh, rewind feature and everything, I was just like, I just I just suck so bad at Link to the Past. I cannot get through this. So it's just so terrible at it. But I can rock right through. Uh, I did a uh, I can do Ocarina and like on the podcast, I, I barreled my way through a uh, all the way through Wind Waker a few months ago. I mean, I have no trouble with 3D Zelda games. It's just these classic ones. I just I ain't got the stuff for it. Yeah, I yeah. Play, when I played Twilight Princess, uh, it was uh, let's see what I just I just lost my train of thought. Dang it! Uh, I beat Twilight Princess for the first time, and then I went back and played Link to the Past, and it was so much smaller. I was like, whoa! I, I beat that like so quick. Yeah. And it was, and of course I played there. I played the original Zelda most of all. Yeah. I tried to do the uh, three heart challenge and the swordless challenge and all that. I feel like the I feel like the original Zelda would be a perfect game for your for your show because it'd be it'd be so quick. Yeah, I uh, see I people but less than an hour though. I don't think you can. I can I, I know, I stream I, it at some point. Yeah, I know it's doable in less than an hour. Have you have you ever you ever tried a Zelda speed run on the original original Zelda? Uh, not a speed run, but because uh, I know people can crush I know people can crush that game in, in a, an hour or less. I don't know. I've watched speedruns where people were glitching through it. There's this oh, glitch yeah. you can do. I do not like glitching. Uh, glitching's just, no glitching's no fun. I mean, I know glitching is good for them for speed, but I know glitching's no fun if you want to if you actually want to see the game. You actually want to see strategies. Glitching doesn't really count for me as a strategy. But I have done a three heart challenge. I've done the swordless challenge, and I've had fun doing both. Swordless. Yeah, you can actually get you can get to the end of the game without the sword. You cannot you cannot beat the game. You can't kill Ganon unless you have a sword. But you can actually get through to the get. You can actually get all the way up to Ganon with no sword. Wow, I've never yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh man, I, that game that game's I hard a enough. Picture of it when I did it. I swear that I think the original Zelda is 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 a game that even Miyamoto says is too hard. Really? I think it's really? I think he was quoted saying the original Zelda is too hard. No, I think he said that about Mario Bros. Two. 2. Was it one of the Mario? I thought it was Zelda, one of the Zeldas or Mario. I said uh, there was one thing, one time ever Miyamoto admitted that something was being too hard. That was, that was probably the the Japanese version of Mario Two, which we know now as the Lost Levels. Uh, oh, that's why they changed Mario Two up. It's something like that, yeah. yeah. I was like, it's crazy he would admit that like thirty years later. Zelda was just too genius for him to. I don't it's, see that happening. Talk bad about it. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. What else? Do you anything else? Blake, um, so Blake said he hasn't said that much because he, of course, is the the odd man out who didn't get past the first dungeon. Uh, did you notice that on the in the dungeon? Uh, are, we, are we still talking about the shop? Yeah, yeah, you know, do, do whatever you want because we're we're getting. I, know, okay, I think I'm done with the shop. Uh, yeah. This gets touched up in the on the on the lore. They touch up on this, but did you notice that uh, that we didn't talk about the healing well? Oh yeah. Uh, Which also has its own theme when you walk into that room. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very refreshing room, especially when you're dying. Uh, you can jump in the water. It's a very simple room. You just jump in the water and it heals you. Yeah. You can only use it so much. Uh, but if you didn't notice, they actually, the lore will, one of the archaeologists will actually tell you that uh, you, you will not get to the boss until you've actually, you have to cross through the healing well to get to the boss. Yeah, yeah that, that's actually a, a really good landmark if you're trying to, uh, explore the whole dungeon first because you yes. know if you hit the fountain go back you know if you hit yeah. the pool go backwards and get the rest so yeah i did realize i don't know if the game tells you uh, if you read the paper paper if the game tells you that or if i just if you play enough you start to realize that the that the boss is coming up right after it's not always the next room weird weirdly enough but it's often a, a room or two in that like that's how you know you're going the right direction uh-huh i did notice that in my short time playing it yeah, uh, I forgot we're talking about the healing and the health and stuff like that. I forget, I, I forget how you get the upgrades, but you do get a bit of armor. After besides your health bar, you get like a bit of armor, and then you get these three uh, additional shields. I forget how you get those. Uh, that's, it's from your bed upgrade for your oh, shop. Oh, that's the shop upgrade we forgot. The bed yeah. upgrade. <laughs> I it. That's the one we forgot. Okay, so that's what the best. You don't really use you don't really use that in the shop. You use it. It's that's more usable in the dungeons because you yeah, get more. But, but but I think that's what's part of the. It's in the shop upgrades is the bed. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. And Blake says he mentioned it and we ignored we ignored him anyway. I know y'all are so mean to me. So yeah, you you do get a, a bit of armor on top of your health, and then you get these three three free hits that take that that take any any amount of damage, but you get three free hits. I often wasted often wasted those on basic enemies trying to get to the boss. Usually in the first run of the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, we're just not great at it. Uh, what else is there? Uh, the town portal. Uh, you got your pendant that t- that yes. shoots you back to town. Yes. Uh, how often do you use your town portal? Uh, actually, uh, it's called the uh, uh, merchant emblem. That's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, so well, the, the what it is, it's the town portal from the yeah, basically yeah. same Really, it is. So the pendant, both of them actually cost money to use. It's, it's good to have money on you. Make sure you always have money on you at all times. Uh, I ain't worried about the, the the mirror thing. Yeah, there's you you do get that weird mirror. Blake's talking about this. Uh, he's waving at me about about the mirror that you drop items into, and it pays you like I don't know. The bare minimum. It's like temper. I don't know. It's it's like some crap. So if your inventory's it's a full amount. I think there's, I think, I think it's a percentage of the item's value. Like 10% of what the item But uh, if, so you have like if you're carrying carrying a bunch of stuff and you pick up something you really want to take with you, you can take stuff and drop it into the and, and the mirror has that goopy stuff again. You drop it to the goopy portal stuff and it just it just it pays you out some money for whatever. So you have that. And then you have the pendant, of course, that Daniel's talking about. And that you just hold the button down you, in, anywhere. You could be standing. It, it's it's always at the bottom of your screen anyway, and that's instant. Like it's uh, you can do it. I, 
Bosses, I think. I don't know if I ever needed to. You can, but uh, if you get hit, you get uh, it interrupts Yeah, so you got to be careful with it. I've done it when that green goopy guy was chasing me. So that costs whatever. I think it its value, what it costs to teleport, uh, goes up the deeper you are in the game. So it's good to always just have money on you so you can teleport out. And it's the only way out besides the other portal and then beating the boss. So what that thing does is it just ports you back to town, but you can't, but you've got to start the dungeon over. And the more important one, the better one, what Daniel's talking about is the good, good old Diablo town portal, which costs a ton more money to use, but it actually takes you right back to where you activated it. And I did use it because uh, actually there's an achievement for opening a town portal Right in the in the room before the boss, there's an achievement for like going like go in prepared or something like that. Oh, really? Achievement, yes. Yeah, so I popped a portal. I actually got it by accident, honestly. I had popped open that big portal right because I knew the boss was coming. I done I done cross the the pool, of course. And I knew the boss was next. I was like, sure, I'm gonna put a portal right here. Go back, get my armor back, and get some po- suck up my potions. I don't know what boss I was fighting, but then you can literally go right back and. uh Go back and fight the boss. The only thing different, bad about that is that if you're if you're not using it to just fight the boss, say you're like right in the middle of a dungeon and you town portal out and you come back, it respawns all the enemies, but none of the items are like everything you picked up is gone. So you can't you can't town portal out and come back in and town portal out and come back in and keep getting more stuff. Yeah, that's that's really the only way. That's the really the only reason you need to use the town portal is to park it right by the boss. That way. It's the, I think that's probably the best use for it. And they make it really expensive like that on purpose, I guess. You don't yeah. abuse it. There's only so much you can do with it, though. I mean, because you don't want to, unless you want to fight a bunch of enemies, which enemies. If you just want to do that, just exit out of the dungeon and start over. And so, yeah. So I did use it that uh, once or twice to right before a boss. And it's uh, it makes you perfectly prepared because uh, I think the whatever room you do the portal in, that room doesn't, the enemies don't respond in that room. So when you come back in, uh, you don't have to worry about fighting anything. So you can, like, I was able to portal back in and then run right up to the boss with all my, all my armor and everything. So actually all your potions and all that, all the potions, big, all the big potions I needed for that. But, uh, I, I was always, for some reason, nervous about fighting bosses. I don't know what that was about. I always had a, a bit of a, anxiety or nervousness fighting bosses i don't know why but then a lot of these bosses you fight and they're actually not that difficult it's just i think it's just you know if you fail you have to start the whole dungeon over so i guess that's yeah i only died uh i assume you got it now there's a a achievement i got a trophy you get if you beat the game with less than 40 deaths i I got that yes i got that but i don't remember ever really i died one time this week when i was playing and when you die you literally you 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 drop your whole backpack and you you just go back to town yeah death is sad (laughs) that's all that really really happens you drop all your stuff and go back like dang i'll just try again uh but i feel like that achievement though 40 deaths seems kind of high i thought because the game is not like you can warp out anytime i mean i I don't know i I thought that that achievement didn't really feel, feel very uh very difficult. Yeah, I, don't remember, I, I, I didn't remember. die very often. Yeah, I, I thought. Well, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, you're better than we are. I know that for sure. But uh, I don't even remember dying that much though. Because if I ever got my health ever got low, I just, I just activated the pendant and bounced out of there. You know, it was never really an issue. Difficulty was never really that big of an issue. 
So I don't know. I thought that was a, a weird that achievement should have at least been half that number, maybe. I died more than forty times. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely as died. long as you're upgrading your uh, weapons and stuff, you shouldn't die that often. Yeah. I died before I could get the ability to buy the blacksmith to get the upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> so he's yeah, he's pretty bad at it too. Yeah, worse than we think. Uh, well. Uh, time time wise, I think we're, we're doing pretty well. Do is anybody got any uh, final thoughts on the game? I mean, y'all. I mean, I, I know Blake probably wouldn't. Uh, Dan, you probably recommend it to anybody who likes a Zelda game, right? Oh That's yeah, how I feel. Yeah. Uh, trophies are bugged though. Uh, I, I, they, I think they fixed them, but I don't know exactly if they have or not. It, it can be a little repetitive, so if you don't like super repetitive stuff, you might not like it. Yeah, the dungeons. Though the though the dungeons visually look different, it's more of just a uh, a reskinning. Like everything is a uh, it is the same thing over and over again. The dungeons are randomly generated when you go into them, but it's really just shuffling rooms around. So it does get kind of repetitive. Uh, maybe don't don't try to knock out the whole game in one weekend or something like that. I mean, me, yeah, I play I played through probably. half and I played through half and dropped it for a year. I mean. <laughs> so maybe that that that's don't don't do it the way I did it. But of course, if you uh, if you start you start feeling get feeling repetitive, maybe play a different game. But uh, yeah, there's I think there's a lot there there's a lot of game there to like. Oh yeah, definitely. Even if you're but, terrible at it, like I am, like I'd still recommend it to anybody who I think would appreciate the genre and the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy even if even though it was a little repetitive, I enjoyed every second of it. Mm-hmm. Until I found out about the trophies being mugged, uh, I really enjoyed it. So, <laughs> is is there anything? Do you know? Is it which trophies? I know we mentioned it a couple of times. Which trophies are like? How did you find out they were bugged? Was there some, something specifically you did, and and you saw the trophy didn't pop? Uh, I think it was one of them was the one of the dungeons you had to kill like a thousand of them, a thousand or whatever. Of yeah, yeah. And there's one where you got to get. Or ten times you have to get to the uh, third floor. Yeah. And I remember doing one like a lot more than ten times, and that trophy <laughs> popped. Well, that's messed up. Uh, yeah. I, I'm one of those people. I don't really look at the trophies until I've actually until I've beaten the game. I'm just one yeah. of those uh, one of those people. I like to enjoy my game first and then go back. Yeah. It de- it depends on the on the on the game for us. We we talk about uh guides and achievements a lot throughout the whole podcast it really, really depends on the game we know because we use that website true achievements that they uh they have a you can judge the difficulty of a game based off their the algorithm algorithm they use so sometimes we'll see a game we'll go on there and the uh the we, the ta score i know you probably you're probably not familiar daniel but the ta score will be really really high and that generally means the game is fairly difficult to get all the achievements in at that point, we're like, now nah, hell, we'll just play the game and not even not even use the website. Sometimes we just you just yeah. toss it. It's like there's no there's no way we're going to get all the achievements anyway, so we're just going to play the game blind, and that does uh, that works out uh, quite well a lot of the time actually. We have had uh, people with guides that uh, we, Blake's complained about it before. People with guides that just like blatantly spoil games in their guides and just like don't do that now. Yeah, I know. Guide, uh, uh, it'll be like all right. In this next room, uh, your main character's mother's going to die. Couldn't you just say that in the next room there's going to be a cutscene? You don't have to tell. What's the point of me playing if you're going to ruin all the big 
story beats for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really look at guides unless I'm either platinuming, going for the platinum, or I'm uh, really, really stumped, which yeah. I, unfortunately I've done with Bloodstain more than once. <laughs> <laughs> that, that game been, been stumping you a little bit? A little, I've, I've beaten it finally. I may go. I may actually go for the platinum on that one. Uh, okay. It's within reach. Uh, huh. Yeah, we um, something we did recently. We did uh, we did our episode. We we did all the achievements and stuff on uh, that the shark game, Man Eater. Oh yeah. Yeah. So well, that, that, that the last episode, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's an easy one to do if you just wanted to play a game as a shark and get all the achievements in. There's there's no real hard work involved in that. Yeah. Um, so I played I played Jaws recently. I just uploaded that one. <laughs> yeah, we saw that. <laughs> so ironically, so if people I don't know if we have any people who listen to our podcast and watch your show, that Jaws and the Man Eater thing that was not that was not on purpose. Uh, it was not. I was that like, was wow, cool. there's a shark game. <laughs> Yeah, so we did a whole Maneater episode. He did a, a Jaws thing at the same time. That was weird. I didn't think about that until just now. That was not planned in any kind of way. Nope. That's funny, though. Uh, I know, Blake, you're probably done. Do you have any any final thoughts on the game, Daniel? I pretty much – I had I had some written down, but I've mentioned them throughout the – think so? Uh, I've talked talk about Will being kind of the perfect role model. He, uh, he works hard, and he goes and lives his dreams of uh, – touched up on that. He, he, he never stops working. It sounds sounds much better in my head. Uh, <laughs> okay. and of course, I thought about the dungeons being a nod to Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. I thought that was so cool. And there's simplistic, it's just enough story to uh, paint the picture. Mm-hmm. And then they just turn you loose. And uh, yeah. simplicity of it, uh, you, only, you just need gold for yeah. everything. And... In a world where you got to have gold and diamonds and gemstones and tokens and experience points and all that crap, you know, you just, it's nice to just have one solid currency. Yeah. And the shop, of course, the shop. Oh, man, it's just, it's so relaxing. I, I, it's so hard to explain without showing it to you. It's just, yeah, you, you have, have to see it too. Yeah. All the screens and all the different things involved with running the shop. You can't put that into words. You have to like, you have to like look at it. Yeah. I think us trying to explain how the shop works would scare people away from the game when it's actually not that bad. No, not at all. It's really the main. Hey everybody, this is Blake. We experienced a bit of a technical snafu with our recording with uh, Daniel. Uh, Apparently the recording stopped recording the last little bit. So we're going to do our closing thoughts. And then uh, Daniel is going to do some uh, self-promotion. So let me just read this script that Drew gave me real quick. I do the cha-cha like a sissy little girl. I Dude, like a... Okay, man, I see you on camera. The cha-cha. Hmm. Oh, I should love that. See here. I'm going to throw Drew's script away because he's just making me make a fool of myself. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't get to talk a whole bunch on the the last episode because I, I, I hadn't even beat the first dungeon. 
but all in all, I did really enjoy what I played. I liked the operating mechanics of uh, being in the shop more than anything. And I'm not a huge, huge fan of roguelike games in general. I'd rather be able to play a game and have it done. And I understand roguelikes have a constant supply of being able to play. Uh, do you like roguelikes, Daniel? Uh, I, like, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with them. I've played Diablo a lot. Uh, or I've played Moonlighter a lot. But uh, the, ones I've, the ones I've played, I enjoyed. So Have you ever, um, I'm gonna, have you ever uh, played that uh, Binding of Isaac game? Yes, uh, I have played that. It's, that is uh, a roguelike. Um, Jessica's surprisingly good at it. She's put in like two or three hundred hours. She plays it to calm down and chill out after a hard day, and I, that game stresses me out too much. Yeah, it, that, that's completely different every time you play it. So. Oh yeah, but I, I think that's the appeal of roguelikes. I, I I much prefer to give me a set dungeon, let me get through it, get some story, and and call it a day. Yeah, y'all grew up in Final Fantasy, so, I mean, that's... Exactly, yeah, that's just the cup of tea that I prefer to sip on. Yeah. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts about the game? Like, favorite boss or whatever? Oh, and I've pretty much sprinkled uh, final thoughts around the whole episode. Uh, What I got wrote down here is Will is basically the perfect role model. I mean, you got two types of people in the world. You got your dreamers who try to live their dreams, and they don't live them and they become alcoholics and then you got the realists who uh don't try to live any dreams and just try to make their money and stuff and become alcoholics and you got will over here who kind of has the whole balance thing figured out which is really cool because i'm a man of balance myself i like you know to work half the day and, uh, and, and enjoy the other half of the day you know He's pretty much the perfect role model in a, in a video game. I don't know anyone else who has that balance figured out, even though he doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, he can choose not to sleep. He's He might be a workaholic, so he has his own demons. Yeah. But, you know, he's living his dreams, and he's running a shop, at you know, kind of at the same time. So, I mean, it's a uh, hard balance to strike, but he strikes it. Um, you would recommend this to people, though, right? Oh yes, definitely. If you're a big fan of top-down Zelda, uh, you would you'd love this game. Uh, it gets a little repetitive, but you know, it's like when uh, like when I I blew through the fourth dungeon. Once you get to the fourth dungeon, you've pretty much got the groove down. You pretty much know what you're doing, and it's basically the same thing. But uh, but it, it is fun. There's nothing wrong with it being repetitive if it if you enjoy it. So. Mm-hmm. So if you like, like like I said, if you like uh, top down Zelda, it's you'll you, you will love it. Fantastic. Well, I think that kind of concludes everything. Do you want to uh, do any promoting, Daniel? Say anything? Uh, yeah. So uh, I do a thing on YouTube. Uh, it's called Danny's Retro Crash and Burn. That's uh, the full name. I've never actually called it that <laughs> that's just the full name but uh what i do is i take a take a classic game or a retro style game and i pl- try to play through it and i talk about it i'll talk about how the game what the game is plays like and uh i try to and then i try to tell like a brief history on what it and ha- my experience with it when i first played it i try to 
inspire people with life and stuff. Uh, I, I tell stories about like when I did spark races and stuff, uh, which I have not done at all this year. Uh, because I, I got married this year and I've been working a lot. So I've been, I made a decision to kind of not do Spartan this year. But or you are going to keep, maybe when, you know, once everything kind of settles down, you, you, cause you, you, you got married and bought a house and got a, a new job. This You got three big things this year, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So things calm down like next year, you are going to at least, I, I know Spartan racing can be expensive, but you are going to at least try to do like local Spartan races and stuff, right? Yeah. You're not going to travel I mean, across America like you had Spartan been. Races, then uh, I'll just do some, uh, uh, maybe do some five Ks or ten Ks and stuff. My fitness has pretty much been on the back burner this year, just uh, so I'm hand, handling more important things. Yeah, I say don't give up. Like I think Spartan is probably one of the best things that you've done. It, it's definitely helped you. Yeah. But yeah, I also, I tell, of course, I, I'm always telling jokes. Uh, I, might, I might put little funny edits on there. I, I know you get a kick out of a certain one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you edit, uh, did you learn that naturally or did you go to school for that? To do the uh, editing stuff? Uh, yes, I did go to school for uh, multimedia design. Uh, I'm not using that in any anything I'm doing for work right now, though. Which, But which you are, I mean... So you, so you you can actually get in and do some pretty crazy edits like that just a little time consuming they're they're pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, I I use on my PS4 I use a thing called Share Factory currently, uh, which is not really the best thing to use, but uh, it works. So I'm actually exploring other things to use on the computer and stuff. Uh, for my latest episode, I actually used uh, I didn't it's the first one I didn't use uh, the PS4 for. Uh, oh, really? Did you use like a, a laptop emulator or something? Or? Yeah, yeah, I did. A, I did an emulator on the laptop. I do own the cartridge, but uh, it's not on PS4, so I didn't have access to it there. So I just got grab an emulator and recorded. And I also uh, feature a band every episode. I may have, I may have stole that from uh, somebody. Uh, I don't know who. That's that's yeah. a pretty cool idea, though. We should probably try yeah. doing that. Yeah, you should. Maybe Drew can get get on there and. Yeah, Drew's got a, a. Drew's got a good taste for music, so I'll I'll, I'll run the idea by him for sure. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, and some some of the bands I feature I've I've been on on this podcast. So uh, Emerge is one of them. I heard of them through y'all, and. Uh, have you? Have you heard? Have you listened to the fire, fire from the gods? Yeah. Oh yes, I heard that before. Uh, well, before us, uh, you, knew, you already knew about this them. thing. So, but yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty cool thing. I, I'm no Markiplier. I'm no AVGN, but I, I get on there. I talk. I have fun, and play music, tell jokes, and try to inspire folk, tell stories. You know, it's it's a jolly good time. And uh, well, the good thing is. As long as you keep doing it, you're automatically doing better than 80% of the people who try. Oh, definitely. So many, like I said, there's so many realists out there. Oh, you're not going to make it. And like, so most people don't make it. So, I mean, it's just get out there, do your thing, have fun, you know. 
Uh, as long yeah. as you get to have fun doing what you're doing and you're not hurting hurting anyone, just keep yeah. doing it. Don't give up. Just have fun. Like you're not going to yeah. be a millionaire, but if you can touch five, ten people's lives and make their day better, that's a win. That's exactly. All that's, that's what it's all about right there. Just uh, you know, it may not be reach out millions of people, but it's it's fun. You know, it's fun and it's inspiring somewhat. And so yeah. And that's all you can do. Yeah, that's all I can do, man. Uh, where can people find your your show, Danny's uh, Retro Crash and Burn? You can only find it on YouTube. Just search for Danny's Retro Crash and Burn, and you will see my sexy little cartoon self, which I do have been devious pixelized. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yes, because uh, y'all actually referred me to to uh, devious pixel, and I got um, got some artwork done. I do love his artwork. If, yeah, and he, he, you should he, definitely check him out. Yeah, he did a right really great job of mine. I, he asked for ten dollars. I gave him twenty because yeah, he did such. A, he did a fantastic job on it. Oh yeah, he's a real really nice guy. I like uh, working with. He's a little slow, but when he gets back to you, he has a lot of options, and you kind of oh, pick. Oh yes, definitely. And then he just kind of he he'll give you like five pictures, and you narrow it down to three, and then one, and it's, he's really good. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, any, I just took a picture of myself doing like a fist mm. and uh, uh, sent, sent that to him. Just do, do something like that. I got a little Spartan shirt on. I, the only thing, he, he, he put a mustache on me at first. So I'm like, <laughs> just remove the mustache and we're good. And then, <laughs> I don't want to have that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't shave. I, 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 was, I was real scruffy and didn't shave. So, uh, so he saw that and put a mustache on me. I was like, <laughs> Um, are there any social medias that people do you have like an Instagram or or any pages like that or a Facebook group for your stuff? All I have right now is a, all I have right now is a Facebook. Okay. Uh, I'll try to get more involved with that. Uh, it is. Yeah. To, uh, uh, go ahead. But say it is. Uh, it's a lot to try to do, but at the very least, you should try to get maybe because we we do it too, but we don't do it a whole whole lot. Yeah, it's it's really but it hard. does help. Balance. Different means for people to communicate with you. It's always good to have extra stuff. Yeah, I do want to dip my hand, my my feet, and uh, my my hands and feet <laughs> into a streaming soon. I've been playing Mario Thirty Five a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm really good at it. I've racked up like currently I'm sitting on like twenty four wins right now, like first place. So, I mean, you've only been playing Mario for what? 32 years. years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> since I was four years old, and I know just about everything there is to know in that game. So I got that edge going for me. Oh, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do. You could you could have like an ongoing um, diary or side series to go with the Crash and Burn. Yeah, I was gonna call it still- Live or something. I might go through. I don't want to do any uh, for for the. Crash and Burn series. I don't want to do like Metroid styles or anything because uh, those are way too long and very story driven. Yeah. But I could stream like Super Metroid or something sometime and for a couple hours, you know, that, oh, yeah. that'd be fun. There'd be less editing involved in it, but. Yeah, because you would just do as is and call it a day. Yeah. Or do like Markiplier and just edit it later. Yeah, that too. You can always do that. Him and a couple other people that have made it pretty big. Yeah. And as long as you do it and have fun, that's the important thing. Exactly. I mean, it's 
That's what it's all about. I have fun. I um I think we got everything. Do you have anything else you want to say, Daniel? Uh no, just uh, check me out on YouTube, Danny's Retro Crash and Burn. Uh, search for me, you'll find me. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, pretty much all I got, man. And uh, be sure to look uh, look uh, up the uh, Lockstock on uh, any yeah. of the following, you know, Spotify where we have the podcast and Drew's playlist. That's the whole name. The number two smoking controllers is the Instagram. And the word two smoking controllers is the uh, is the email and is the two smoke controllers is also the Facebook group, I believe. Yeah, and I'll definitely be uh, sharing this episode on the Crash and Burn page. So, all right. Well, it was a uh, good chatting with you, Danny, and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Yeah, man. So, uh, y'all take it easy. Y'all take care of yourselves, and y'all take care of each other. Mm. I'll see you later. And I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. <laughs>